Hi, my name is Michael Poli, and I've never seen Buffy the Vampire Slayer. My friends are obsessed and always make jokes and references to it. And so now, 20 years later, I've been convinced to watch the show from beginning to end, one episode a week. I'm a Buffy virgin. Well, hello, and welcome to another episode of Buffy Virgin. My name is Michael Poli. I'm the virgin. I've only seen up to season three, episode seven of Buffy the Vampire Slayer Revelations. And on the show today, we have John Landis, a Buffy enthusiast. That's me. Hello. We have uh, Dennis St. John, a horror comics cartoonist. Buy my book. Buy my book. <laughs> What's that buy book called, book. Dennis? People can't buy it if they don't know what it's called. It's called The Land of Many Monsters and Many More Monster Tales, available on Amazon right now. It's just one click away. Gets spooky. And, and what, what's in it? Uh, it's 111 pages of monster tales. Um, it's got, I think, what, like nine short stories? Something like that. Uh, that range from tales about fish monsters to dinosaurs to witches um, and more. I just read the it's one where Satan... I just heard the one where Satan is a children's magician at a birthday party for like uh, cartoon characters. That was awesome mm-hmm. and terrifying. Uh, thank you. I really much. enjoyed that. That was excellent. And also right. today we have a special guest. It's Stacy. Hello. I don't St- have a book. I don't have a book. Oh, that's too bad. Stacy's an educator and a pop cultural writer and a Buffy enthusiast. I am. But she doesn't have a book yet. I don't have a book yet. I'm working on it. Well, cool. Um, so this is a very exciting and dramatic episode of Buffy that I've been waiting for for a long time. It's, a really, it's really exciting. There's a lot to discuss. So uh, we're going to get things started with the summary, and then we'll be back with great lines. Okay, so let me share my screen. Share computer sound. Okay, so uh, everyone just thumbs up if you can hear this. Surprise! There's a new Watcher in town. Gwendolyn Post has been sent down from the Watcher's corporate office to evaluate Giles and to take over as Faith's new Watcher. So she's sort of like Giles Concentrate, more British and more disapproving. She warns that the demon Lagos is in town, and he wants the Glove of Minigon, which will grant him massive and unspecified power. Of course, that would be Lagos the Demon, not the city in Nigeria, which is something Giles might have known if he had a few more demon books lying around instead of junior encyclopedias like a proper occult librarian should. While researching about the demon, Xander accidentally finds himself making out with Willow again. Feeling guilty and distressed, Xander volunteers for glove-grabbing duty. Only what he finds isn't just the glove. Angel, it turns out is still alive. He's got the glove of Minigon, and he's doing the Lindy Hops of Lips with Buffy. The next morning, the gang puts together a sort of intervention for Buffy. You see, she needs to quit smooching the monster who killed all those people, including Miss Calendar. Buffy can't admit that she has a problem. It's just that she thought she could keep those late-night shirtless Tai Chi sessions in platonic territory. The gang piles on a bit, but Giles does rein them in. You see, Buffy can make her own decisions. In private, though, Giles reminds her that Angel tortured him, and he isn't exactly over it. Giles doesn't tell the visiting Watcher about Angel, but he does mention that the Glove of Minigon is being held by a friend in a mansion. 
Once she has the exact address memorized, Gwendolyn Post bonks Giles on the head with some of his decor, and he is once again out for the count. Finding Giles unconscious, again, Faith immediately assumes Angel is to blame, even if Xander isn't so sure. She runs off to the mansion to take care of Angel once and for all. She arrives there to find Angel locked into combat with the Watcher gone wrong. Except, of course, Faith doesn't know about the gone wrong part just yet, so she attacks Angel. Buffy arrives and tries to defend Angel. The result is we finally get the Slayer vs. Slayer mirror match that we've been waiting for all season. With the Slayers distracted, Gwendolyn is free to claim the magic gauntlet for herself. The gauntlet grabs onto her arm like a spiky Chinese finger trap, and before long, this evil watcher is shooting force lightning at our beloved heroes. Setting their differences aside for the moment, Buffy and Faith unite. But how to separate the magical glove from her? Oh right, just cut off her arm. With Angel back on the side of good and the glove permanently destroyed, the gang seems to be out of danger. But Faith has some bruises that just don't show on the outside. The end. That was Good a great job. summary, John. Well, thank you. Sorry, the audio kind of cuts in and out a little bit there. I need to. Oh yeah, there's just those like abrupt stops where uh, there was a little segmentation. No, yeah, that's, that's just that's just me not editing really. Yeah, it was fine. It did not distract from my enjoyment of uh, that summary. Well, your enjoyment is my aim. <laughs> uh, this was an amazing episode with so many things in it that I would love to talk about. But first, let's do our favorite lines from this episode. So uh, I have not uh, put my name by them, but those top two ones are mine. So I'm going to start with one of these here. This is from Faith to Buffy. You boinked the undead. What's that like? Uh, love that. I love the I Faith, Buffy. Was oh, that man. when they were walking and she was naming her ex-boyfriends? And yeah, that's yeah. that scene, yeah. It's the, uh, yeah. Talking about their exes talk. Uh, Stacey, can you try one of yours? Every new relationship. Um, okay, I think Willow is adorable. And um, <laughs> when she says, Giles, no one's doing the I statements. <laughs> <laughs> I really like that. I had a bunch. I wrote down a bunch of quotes. Uh, Dennis, uh, did you have any? Uh, yeah, um, I have, uh, I think this is from Buffy. It's another Tuesday night in Sunnydale. Just, you know, them being aware that they're on a show that airs on Tuesdays. Oh, that's more meta than I thought that was. That's cool. John? Uh, I'm going to steal one that Stacy has written up here. Sorry, <laughs> Stacey. Uh, this big, where Xander says, as long as she and Angel don't get pelvic again. This is a... Uh, one of the grossest yeah. ways to describe <laughs> yeah. sex I've ever heard. Yes. The I, to go back show... and listen. I went back and like to find it because I'm like, did I, I watched the whole episode again. I'm like, I know someone said that. It right. <laughs> Can I just say though that high school students who haven't had sex describe sex in the grossest way possible? Like, I feel like my descriptions of sex to my friends before I had sex were insane. Uh, I, I feel like getting <laughs> pelvic was one of those terrible ones. I didn't never said that, but. <laughs> you would have though that's that would have been it's in like character the word sex but just we'll just create all these other words to avoid saying sex i guess and you're just like ah say uh, sex and this one's a little bit darker but came later which i love though you have no respect for me or the job i perform from giles just great moment we need to talk about that moment that uh, moment's amazing. Just, 
gutting yeah. and he just called it out and I was so happy when that happened. Uh, Stacy, do you have another one? Oh, I had the Mary Poppins one. Um, just <laughs> Faith's like, excuse me, Mary Poppins. I thought that was cool. Uh, Sorry I stole your best one, Stacy. <laughs> that's all right. I know you took my, <laughs> took my funny one. I'm, like, mm. I'm going to actually give Xander a lot. Like, I, I very rarely do we like give Xander a good line, but I think he got two this episode. But he also, he goes, hey, you're not the watcher of me. Uh, <laughs> that, that phrasing. Yeah. Giles looks so pissed when he said that too. That's yeah. great. Giles is not having it this episode. He is just like, he is not having it. Well, poor guy. I mean, he's kind of like. Uh, um, by guy. the way, I hope my audio is okay. Uh, the the thing I used last week sounded really terrible when I listened to back to the recordings. So sorry about that. So I just switched to a regular one. I didn't have time to go out and buy better speakers. So or better. So oh, no, it sounds great. You actually sound okay, Dennis. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Cool. I had Any one other quote. quote. I had oh, one, one other more? quote. When Angel shows her the glove, which is not a glove, um, and she says, nice gift rack, remind me not to shop there. Did you guys catch that? Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. Yes, like, that was excellent. I, yes. I like that one. <laughs> All right, great lines are, we're through with the great lines. We're into the weird noticings and trivia, which is usually most of this show. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's where we discuss this episode and what's going on in it. So, uh, John, you had the first noticing here about the bronze cups. So everybody's drinking out of red solo cups at the bronze. This is, a, I mean, it's almost passe to notice that the bronze is a kind of establishment that does not exist, that is both a bar and not a bar. Um, but I just want to know what they're drinking. That's all. Because there's, there's, it's like a plot point that like they're trying, oh, they're sharing drinks. And it... I went through the episode looking for bronze cups. Cups oh. made of <laughs> <laughs> I was like, what is he in bronze cups? What is he talking about? Are they drinking anyway. a, yeah, they're drinking a, a what is it? What comes in a bronze cup? A mule? A... Moscow oh, mule. Oh, yeah. Moscow mule. What kind of copper do they? Okay. Copper. Yeah. I think I think you nailed it, John. Where it's like the bronzes solo cups, like what they're drinking. It is neither a bar and a bar. They serve. They don't serve alcohol, but they could serve alcohol. Like right. Like the show runners, whoever you know, they want it to present present it like it's a bar, and like they maybe are not sure how to create the the teen friendly version of this experience. Yeah. I think they just they want. People like teenagers watching the show to want to go to the bar, to the bronze, right? They're right. Like, <laughs> oh, they're cool. Because oh, Saved by the <laughs> Bell kids, they didn't have, they had a diner, right? Yeah. They were in high school. Yeah. I think, you know, I think, I think if there's, yeah, there, would, there would be something missing if Buffy and the gang were like sucking down chili dogs at the Tasty Freeze, right? Like it wouldn't, yeah. Well, it, it wouldn't be the same. Pushing close to, Archie, right? Which the show is yeah, already, like already has Betty and Veronica, so like, and it's got both Archie and Xander. <laughs> I mean Archie and Jughead in Xander, so like it's got to like <laughs> step away from the Archie thing a little bit. So Stacey, you have the next comment, but before you, it's talk not a thing about Seth Green yeah. for a second. I didn't <laughs> ask you like when did you first start watching the show, and you've seen the whole show, right? I think I've seen at least more than the like i've seen the majority of of everything 
but I don't remember Seth Green. I, Seth Green popped up on the screen the first shot of this of the episode, and I was like, I totally, I just totally forgot that he was on the show. So <laughs> you're a little bit no coming lines. into this no like yeah. not not totally knowing, uh, not totally fresh back. with everything that's going on with the 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 arc. Yeah, that's so okay. I'm, yeah, I'm gonna go back and catch up because now I'm inspired. I just know that when I watched it when I was in high school, it inspired me to to like I got really into the vampire game. Do you remember? It was like D and D, but vampires. <laughs> vampire the Masquerade is that what yes. we're talking about? Yeah. <laughs> yes. I almost went and found the book. I think I still have it. Um, but it was because of but like the Buffy show, and then there were some other movies. I think at that time. Did but you? Seth Green just threw me off. I was like, I totally forgot. What's the like live action role playing version of Vampire? Did you get into that? You know what I'm talking about? It was something of the mind. That is it. That is it. That, that, oh, that's that, great. Yeah, that's oh. the game. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, it is live action. Yeah. It's like D and D. Yeah. It's it was based. It was like a role playing game. Do you mean like LARPing, Mike? Yeah, like LARPing, right? Yeah, Vampire the Masquerade is a is a LARP, isn't it? I think so. There was a book that gave you all the information, like all the characters and everything. I don't remember. It was, it wasn't, it was, yeah, it wasn't like D&D. You're right. There was no dice. Oh. Uh, it was so, live action role play. So the next comment you have is very similar in like, it's been a while. You're talking about how Xander is like another character that you noticed. Yes. Have you guys talked about this at all? Has this not struck you that the first scene of him, I was like, it's Chandler. He did something and said something in the very first scene. I was like, it's Chandler Bing. I tried to start a conspiracy about Xander and Chandler being the same actor, but Nicholas Brendan oh, yeah. both. But it hasn't really picked up. I don't think they look that much alike <laughs> like at all. Man, it's the delivery and the mannerisms. And yeah. he, had, he had a line and he was just, he did the Chandler like move. And <laughs> it was Chandler. It was Chandler. I'm with you, Mike. I don't know. Uh, John, do you want to talk about the buff, Buffy Faith slash? Well, it's just like they're they're almost teasing us with it now at this point where, you know, uh, they're like, oh, we're going to go on a date together. Just kidding. We're friends. And they're like, at this point, they're they're just rubbing it in our faces. Yeah. No, I mean, I they're very blatant about it in this episode. And I think the whole arc of this episode is a lot. I mean, there's a lot of things going on in this episode, but like it's about Buffy and Faith's damaged relationship from angel showing up right so i mean it's the subtext is rapidly becoming the text here yes exactly <laughs> yes uh i had this uh, next noticing here about there's that opening fight scene uh where you know faith and buffy are fighting and like giles is like drinking a coffee in a cutaway shot and if, for me i laughed out loud i was like this has been perfect for like a maxwell moment like <laughs> video ad uh, anyway, uh, if someone can rip this this scene for me, that'd be great. I would love to make a, like a dumb coffee ad out of that. <laughs> Give the music and like, oh, a Maxwell moment. Just do a British impersonation of someone, and that'd be great. Uh, I like that that entire scene because um, it's the scene that inter- like we get Buffy and Faith fighting, and like it introduces the new Watcher, Gwendolyn, and the entire time Giles is there. He never says a word the entire scene. He's just giving like everybody sass. He's just like yeah. <laughs> sipping his tea. Yeah, yeah. That's a lovely noticing. Uh, Stacy, you were talking about the what Faith is up to during that scene. 
like it just kept it stuck out to me that she kept going doop doop over that stone bench and then doop doop oh back over the stone bench it was like step aerobics i was like what is she doing she was that necessary no probably not so i thought when when gwendolyn came in she was like your fighting's crap i was like i, I kind of agree <laughs> uh Another supercut video or cut that needs to exist is the angel in his lair exercising because there's enough <laughs> now that you could create a short exercise film from it. Oh, but that's man, a great idea. But man, like, the, Buffy and Angel Tai Chi. Oh, wow. So great. It'll be, it'll be uh, to the song of Let's Get Physical, but it'll be like, don't get physical. <laughs> <laughs> don't get pelvic. <laughs> Whereas I had a thing in here, I don't know what I did with it, but oh. that was such a ripoff of Ghost, like for a second. Oh, yeah. Right? Where he's like, they were about to make pottery or something. I don't know. The sexy Tai Chi was ridiculous. It, 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 yeah. Uh, he keep, keep like, Angel wears a shirt so far in this season, like 5% of the time. <laughs> this is... I have that in a note. He finally puts on a shirt this episode. Yeah, but he also like takes it right back off through Tai Chi. (laughs) First time he puts a shirt on the entire season. (laughs) When he has a shirt on, he looks oddly hunchbacked. Did you notice that? No, that's interesting. In this episode, he like he like turns away from. I don't know. He's got the black black shirt on. Yeah, and he's like. Like there's going to be something that comes out of his back. I was like, what's wrong with him? He's know. got a quato back there we don't know about. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Where did he get those digs? I mean, his place is pretty cool. He's living in. This a is the vampire area. mansion that we keep thinking is a cave, but now like I feel like Angel's put his own like angel touch on it. Like there's like a weird statue and it's got mood lighting now, which it didn't have that last episode, did it, Dennis? Uh, yeah, he had like an IKEA couch too. Did you notice that? It was like. Yeah, yeah, it's got more decorations now. Um, at the midpoint around of season two, after the factory burns down, uh, Angel, Spike, and Drew moved in here. And but like after in. he comes back from the hell dimension, his like priorities are like, okay, pants, distant second shirt, and then like right after that is like mood lighting statue, couch. <laughs> like, <laughs> Nice I really hope I, uh, I yeah. can find that old Chinese um, statue I've been carrying around for. Yeah. <laughs> That's again another lovely, weird thing would be like a list of like Angel's to do list. Like, <laughs> speaking, so speaking of Angel in Hell, I, as I was watching the Tai Chi scene, I was thinking to myself, okay, this relationship is happening. He's already like way older. He's like from the 17th century, right? Like, yeah. 18th century, whatever it is, Ireland. And then he's got, you got to add an additional 500 years for being in hell, right? So like, how old is he now? Now he's like almost 800 years old. Age, age ain't nothing but a number, Mike. And he's trying Love. to be. <laughs> Buffy has aged a year, so she's 17. So for the 500 angel years, he, well, she was three months, basically. Well, like, at some point I did the, the math on like what, what age it would be appropriate for Buffy and Angel to start dating. Yeah, we, we have to like completely recalculate it now. Yeah, <laughs> we don't even know how long he was in the hell dimension. It's like, well, didn't we say? Yeah, you know, years? they never really. They never no, really it, add it's just sort of hundreds. They don't. Yeah. Oh, unknown. Because they don't know. Like that's. A, I have a question about the hell dimension. Because like, are, we're kind of given to understand that the hell dimension is something like the hell dimension we saw with the like the the hell factory, where there's just like anvils and stuff, but. 
this time with Angel, they don't talk about it, which kind of makes it seem like it's undescribable. But the other hell dimension we saw was pretty describable. I don't yeah. know. Well, also the other hell dimension uh, was a rate of one day is a hundred years. So I'm assuming that his hell dimension wasn't that much because then he would have been in hell for like thousands of years. Maybe he was. So we Maybe. don't know how long he's been in hell. Yeah, I mean, His skin looks great. Yeah, <laughs> much longer it is. It's like yeah, give, I don't know. It's like the length of the Roman Empire, give or take five hundred years. I don't know. Yeah. Okay. Well, uh, next thing here. Apparently, we need to talk about this beanie that Buffy is wearing. Uh, both Stacy and John, you've called out this beanie. Can you tell? Please describe this beanie. You didn't see it. No, no. Yeah, I, you didn't see I it. Totally, I totally, <laughs> right but I drew it in my notebook. Oh, I drew, I drew it. Can I see? Uh, I mean, I, yes. no, I can't see. The answer is no. Mike. <laughs> wow. Okay. I mean, it's not significant. I just drew beanie that said bomb on it, and then said glitter beanie. But I didn't. I didn't like take it's the time. Bomb. I didn't get enough time with it. <laughs> I kind of think it's funny that it it should have been all caps. It was not all caps. It should have been all caps bomb but it's not, it's sentence so Kate. <laughs> my kind of question is like, I feel like there's two explanations of this is that like one is like that bomb is some kind of a fashion brand in the nineties that uh, I just don't remember. And then the other option oh, is that yeah. it says bomb in reference to an actual bomb, which is like, she's like uh, uh, Judah Friedlander in 30 rock, just like writing shit on her hat to like, as a non sequitur, <laughs> yes. like, I don't yes. like, I don't understand why this hat makes sense. I think it's because she's the bomb. <laughs> but it doesn't I mean, say the bomb. It says bomb. It's weird. No, it would have said the bomb. <laughs> it is weird. And again, I watched the episode twice because I had to take some notes. Um, and the second time around, it stood out to me more the second time around. Well, it's like Forever 21 is appropriating gangster culture in some way. But then it's also like pre 9-11 terrorist like, you know, relationship like <laughs> It's a glitter bomb. It's like kind of got like a sequin look to it and just says bomb. I mean, it's inappropriate and it's weird to wear. So it stands out. I have out to Google it's... something. I think oh, I'm going to okay. have to Google. Can I Google? John? Is that a thing? That's uh, allowed. Yeah. yeah. Normally John does the Googling, but it's okay. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, I stole your line, so you can, you can do some Googling. <laughs> okay. Well, I mean, because I'm thinking, you know, no, that's way, that's 1982. You dropped a bomb on me, the Gap Band. That's oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Although uh, Collective Soul did cover that in the 90s. I think we're probably putting too much emphasis on the hat, but it, it was really <laughs> cool. Yeah, that hat steals the yeah. scene, that's for sure. <laughs> then it's, the, it's bad. It's like a bad choice wardrobe-wise because it's also <laughs> distracting. Because yeah, she, like, she wore it when she was fighting, but she also wore it while they were like she was pouting. Yes. You know, and, and uh, the post woman. Yeah, Gwendolyn. Her voice drove me crazy. I couldn't handle her at all. I don't know if it bothered anybody else, but her oh, voice. Oh, I like was her. Terrible. Oh. Yeah. I was only bothered. Well, we'll get to what bothered me about her later. Okay. But uh, Dennis, yep. Uh, John, you're here. Yeah. Uh, John, you want to talk about how the cemetery situation works? Okay. So I, they, 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 Mentioned that Sunnydale has, uh, what is it, 12 cemeteries, right? Yeah. And in a previous episode, the, they give the 
um, the population for Sunnydale. So I worked out that that works out to uh, one cemetery for every 3,208 residents of Sunnydale. All right. <laughs> now that is high, right? As a point of comparison, uh, Dayton, Ohio, where most of us are from, um, or have lived, uh, has one cemetery for every 9,366 residents. So that's a uh, three times the per capita um, population of cemeteries in Sunnydale versus Dayton. But Sunnydale is not the most cemeteried city in the United States by a long shot because uh, Colma, California um, has, which is, you know, there's a weird historical reasons for this, but has one cemetery for every 119 residents. There's 15 cemeteries wow. there and there's only like 1,500 people. So is that the, um, is that the town in California that everyone who lives in San Francisco gets buried in? Yes, yes. Yes, I think so. It's near San Francisco, and there's like some weird thing where like they started a bunch of cemeteries there, like during the gold rush, and then yeah, I guess it's like it's the yeah, cemetery town. You can't, you can't get buried in San Francisco, so everybody who like lives in San Francisco gets buried in Colma. So it's been on the for some reason it's like one of those trivia things that comes up on the news like way too often. I've heard it like five times. Yeah, it's apparently a thing. Um, so. John, thank you for doing that research because it did yeah. seem insane when Giles said like, oh, there's 12 places that this could be at, you know, where this glove could be yeah. or whatever Legos could be going. Yeah. And it's just like, that seems like a ton. Yeah, then, but it's not completely crazy. Like it's only three times more than Dayton, right? Like, so, I mean, Dayton's not a huge city. Dayton has 15 cemeteries. Mm. Yeah, but um, most cemeteries probably aren't, currently active they're like there would be like historical cemeteries yeah but i'm assuming that's assume, true about sunnydale too although I maybe not sunnydale, they're just <laughs> people in, in every cemetery <laughs> like that's i mean because yeah, I, I remember you know you travel in like europe or stuff and like you'll see cemeteries that like they packed them in you know like it's an unbelievable number of people in each like one of these little tombs ditto in like new orleans and stuff it's just like the the cemetery density, like the density of number of bodies or people, units of, of uh, you know, humans that are contained within it are pretty crazy because they get cremated or they're stacked on top of each other somehow. Like, there's Did you go to the Bone Church, Mike? Are you talking about the Bone Church? Uh, that's Did one of the there? churches that I'm thinking about. Yeah. yeah. In Prague or outside of Prague, there's yeah. a Bone Church where they, the blind monk came and dug up all the bones and built stuff out of them. It was on Ripley's, believe it or not. I went there. Yeah, I have a bunch of photos from it from when a friend uh, visited it. She took like hundreds of photos. It was like a chandelier. Yeah, it was like a chandelier made out of bones. There's another one in Rome, the Capuchin monks, where the term cappuccino comes from. They have a church uh, where all the monks are buried in and they make bone art with them. It's kind of interesting. But it's more like they've got, uh, it's almost like, religious themed bone art so it's like people are decorated and telling you different messages about how little time you have on this planet super dark while, while, while drinking cappuccino that's just down the street <laughs> you get a cappuccino someone saw the cappuccino monk and they had like a like you know that monk style thing where the the hair is gone and he's like oh like a cappuccino you know <laughs> like a latte what is that thing and like, you know some italian racist thing that i just did but then cappuccino <laughs> Uh, cool. Yeah, that's interesting, but it doesn't account for density is what I meant to say. So like if you're a data scientist, I'd be wary of endorsing John's theory without like a little bit digging into the density. 
That's true. The Sunnydale Cemetery don't seem overly packed. I mean, they got those large mausoleums in most of them. Yeah, there so. seems like this room. And I say endorsing John's theory. John's theory is it's av- it's actually just a little bit above average, which is like, which is a totally normal and reasonable thing to say. <laughs> well, I put more research into it than you have. Yeah, totally. Which is uh, about five minutes with a calculator in Google. <laughs> uh, so moving on here to the the like weird requests that uh, Gwendolyn has when she comes in, she's like, "Hey, I need some books," and she starts listing all these books that Giles doesn't have, and it drives him crazy. They they clearly need an internet. They need to take advantage of the internet. Like as much as Giles is like so reluctant to accept this like this world, like they need it because there's this just this dearth of books that they're missing out on. Anyway, it was that made me crazy because I was like, this is an easily solvable problem. Yeah, but you know what happens yeah, when you start scanning in these kinds of books, Mike. Oh, you're right. That's, that's it's not like they true. haven't tried this. When you scan a spell, that's as much as saying it. It's right? not part of the Google Books project, right? Well, I was actually thinking, that was like, a little later. I don't, think the, I don't think the Watchers Council even has emails. Like, I bet they don't have, I bet Giles doesn't have like a rgiles at watchers.net. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, we know that, but that Giles is missing memos. We know that, right? Right, because yeah. Gwendolyn memos. was rejected yeah. from the council years previous. So if they're doing all that through. That at the end, yeah. Yeah, they're doing all that through, through the post. I yeah. He missed his owl. I don't know. <laughs> that was bad. Uh, John, you have the next noticing here about Lagos. Lagos looks like Lagos, a Excuse me. He looks like a Nausicaan, which is uh, just for my Star Trek peeps. If uh... yeah, good job, John. Mm-hmm. Good job pulling that out. I was going <laughs> to describe Lagos as looking like Bebop. But like is way better. And for being like a main character of the episode, he got no love. Like yeah, he's like, like it's barely clear that that's Lagos. Like he's just a yeah. demon. I was like, I thought it was like somebody from Pirates of the Caribbean. <laughs> like like around for You talk and you talk, but you have no gramja. <laughs> yeah. You human play damjat. I would like to point out that is the second time in this podcast that Dennis and I have done that exchange of impressions. Oh man, um, I follow Arvin Shimmerman on Twitter, and the other day, somebody tweeted at him about the rules of acquisition, acquisition, acquisition and mm-hmm. his tweet back was like, "Of course I have them memorized, but I can't recite them because I'm only a human." <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I really kind of wonder, this is a total side thing, but like I really wonder if um, with the new Star Trek that when actors sign up to be Star Trek actors, if like the previous Star Trek actors like sit them down and like, listen, you're signing up for a whole lifetime of this shit. Make sure you know what you're yeah. getting into. John, that's a brilliant sketch idea because I feel like it would be kind of like how in the Peace Corps, when you join the Peace Corps, they actually, when you could fly out to a country, like... I know it's because one of my coworkers was a Peace Corps member in Bigiana. Like they, you meet with the people who are just leaving and they tell you all the local shit that you need to know to understand how to survive and also customs that you don't get in a tour guide, right? It's like really specific. That'd be brilliant. Be like, oh, you're going to be the captain. Okay, you need to talk to Kirk. You got to. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And, and well, the I other think, captains. Uh, at least three of these actors have been on like big franchise type things before. So they're probably like, like, because Doug Jones was Abe Sapien. Um, what's her name is in Walking Dead. And then the captain is in Harry Potter. So, like, yeah. they're already kind of like, no, that's this true. is already their lives. 
But Star Trek right. is like Star Trek. I don't know. Yeah, no, you're right. Uh, let's see. John just did an impression of a character that, for I, I'm, I'm not, for reasons I'm unclear on. Yeah. So obviously, <laughs> it's tra- the people who watch the show are traumatized for life. And so they have to understand the trauma they're unleashing on these people. <laughs> like, hey, as a Star Trek actor, you're going to traumatize people and you'll see them and they'll do these strange things like this, for instance. <laughs> That's because... Remember they... that line you said one time 20 years ago? We're going to repeat it to you for the rest of your life. <laughs> okay, P- I'm sorry. P-T- we can get off of Star Trek. I'm sorry. PTSTD, post-traumatic Star Trek disorder. <laughs> I'm going nab- to nab- name it. Okay, let's move on here. Dennis, you talked about the glove is kind of like the Infinity Gauntlet. Yeah, it looked like, you know, I mean, it also looked like Hellboy's red right hand. Uh, but I don't know. I think it was purposely designed to look kind of maybe like the Infinity Gauntlet, which at the time would have been like an obscure visual reference to make. Uh, but stupid superhero movies are everywhere now. So like it is, that, that just got me thinking down the road of like everything that like used to be like an obscure superhero reference is now like really common and how weird that is like. The other day, I saw like a cool-looking teenager wearing a Star Labs shirt, and I was like, "Nobody like that's like the um, DC Universe like Superhuman Lab, and it's mm-hmm. just like nobody would have, uh, no cool kid would have worn that shirt when I was in high school. Like, first of all, nobody would have even noticed it, but like, I don't know, you just wouldn't have that many superheroes. They're cool. That's my point." Yeah, no, I, I agree. I was at Target uh, just yesterday and like there were all these amazing vintage looking like Thor and like the Avengers mm-hmm. shirts that like, by the way, would have made you look like a total nerd in high school, like like beyond the pale. Like if you wore that, you would have been branded forever. But like they still looked yeah. cool. But it's like, yeah, Target 15 bucks or $8 if you, you know, mm-hmm. if you're a baby. I'm like, wow, it's, the times have changed so much. And like, yeah, your, your obscure DC shirt is like that's cool because dc is so terrible uh in, and like so much less fun it's like i like dc because it's less mainstream and their movies are shit <laughs> uh i haven't seen justice yeah. league yet but anyway i'm assuming i haven't either but i it sounds like it's not getting a lot of love uh, John, you want to talk the whole about- joss joss whedon reference though there right because he had to take over for the Mm-hmm. Yeah, he did reshoot. Uh, mm-hmm. Oh, so it's like a hot mess of of different directors. Yeah, it also it, one of the things I guess the, one of the big deals about the reshoots is that Henry Cavill had a mustache, so they just decided to CG his mustache away. <laughs> no! <laughs> <laughs> surprise, surprise! People could tell. Fuck. Because when he moves his head, Doctor. it stays over here. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah one more gauntlet reference i I thought about the shredder too the shredder had these kind of gauntlets and like the ninja turtles would have come out by then and it looked a little bit also spiky fingers like he had like that that glove had some claws you know it also a bit of a power glove vibe i don't know they had a lot of like references in that thing that i saw because it had that plate on it that looked like like kind of like the power glove like that weird plate on it but mm, yeah i didn't think power glove but yeah and it's kind of got it's kind of got mjolnir's power uh the power of lightning i can't are there any gloves in your books do you have power gloves 
Um, I uh, have a character uh, named Furiosa Frankenstein, who is a yes. ripoff of Furiosa and the Bride of Frankenstein, who has a robot arm. It's good for punching. Uh, John, you have a random quote in here. I'm sorry, I should have put this in great lines, apparently. But um, yeah. uh, Sander <laughs> talks about uh, giving give, about Buffy give. giving Angel a happy, which is equal, I think, with getting pelvic as a really gross <laughs> euphemism. For you, you had no reason to steal my. I don't know why I stole it. I'm sorry. Uh, yeah. Give him a yeah. happy. That's really that gross. <laughs> him a happy no yeah. one should ever describe sex that way uh, yeah, there's some really gross sex descriptions in this episode yeah because there's bo- there's boring to which isn't that bad but it's yeah i don't know just for as edgy a character faith is that hers is like the friendliest point yeah you know? although she did also come up with kicking the gear shift and horsing around and uh you know what this is this would be another great cut it would be it would be us doing a special show where we just talk about weird euphemism <laughs> and we, we build it up and then we just play the it's just, moment from the video where it said because these are all so tiny throwaway lines but like the the weirdness of them is, is profound like that would be a great he describes sex is the, is the yeah yeah buffy and sex and we just get Forty, you know, hundred thousand views, and we just like talk about them and then play the clips, little clip show. I'm writing that down to do that later for sex euphemisms. Uh, so the next one here, I'm not sure why Angel has this glove. Did that get discussed? That's what I wondered. I was going to write that down too. I had the same question. He just happens to have it. Uh, no, no. Buffy tells him about the the blah 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 of Minigun, and he kind of put. I think he just puts it together. He figures out where it is because. All Giles did was look it up in a book, and so Angel did it on his own. He went to get it, and it's in. It just happens to be in Sunnydale, or he goes to another dimension. The whole reason all of this is happening is because, <laughs> is because the glove happens to be in Sunnydale. In Sunnydale, it's in a particular crypt that apparently uh, Xander has the the location memorized. So it's not like yeah. in an obscure location, and uh, he just like remembers like where it is. He just goes, "I don't. I'm I'm fine with it. I don't have a problem with it at all." Yeah, I think it was Angel just trying to be helpful. That's how um, Xander finds uh finds out angels alive and i originally in my notes was writing like xander's the worst person to find out angels alive but then i was like ah i think everybody's the worst person to find out angels alive because nobody except likes for willow them. except for willow willow's like it's cold you were scared yeah, yeah but that's only because she fi- she has the exact same emotion <laughs> it's so obvious <laughs> yeah i like how willow's able to do that but like xander is completely not Alexander's like, how do you just accidentally make out? It's like, isn't that the issue you're dealing with? <laughs> would it, would it, uh, who was it that had the line that it was Alexander that said you you accidentally fell into his face? That was another good yeah. one. Uh, John, uh, do you want to talk about the marathon man? <laughs> I just thought, like, since Giles goes out of his way to point out that he's a torture victim in this episode, and they immediately and make a reference to, yeah, well, true, but then, like, still, it seems shitty that we're calling him the um, the marathon man. <laughs> After he's pointed out his torture experience. It's the emotional marathon. Is it safe? Is it safe? Uh, I didn't watch the movie until a few years ago. It's good. That could be one of our recommendations. Oh, because of this reference? Yeah. Well, it is now. Uh, Dennis, uh, you have a comment here about Willow when she comes to like uh, her, her revelation. Right. Yeah. Willow's about to tell. 
Buffy about the Xander makeout, but then because of the fight, she doesn't. And she says she opened up the SAT book early. Do you think she really? I don't. I feel like she was lying. I don't think Willow really did that. That was a lie. Definitely a lie. Two truths and a lie. Because yeah, somebody's it, gonna notice that they opened it five minutes early. Yeah, yeah, that sounds yeah. If she said 30, 30 seconds early, it would be plausible. Like everybody else in the room is like just staring yeah. at their closed book yeah. and she just Yeah. For five minutes. Yeah. It's not worth it. Uh Dennis, you've got the next thing here about fight choreography. Yeah, I thought the, the fight with Lagos, uh, both fights with Lagos, Face and Bucky's, were pretty good. You know, they like that dude was really huge and they used his size like well. Um, and Buffy chopping off his head was pretty dope. Mm-hmm. So I just think, you know, this show's come a long way with its fighting compared to like some of its season one messiness. Uh, Having dipped right into better. it, I'm not there yet. Yeah. <laughs> Well, the, I, I loved it because the Lagos, the, the, that's, if that's Lagos and she just knocks his head off and then goes right back to her conversation, I just love like where she's at in this fighting thing. Like, fucking yeah. capitate someone and then go like, hey, you're about to say As you were saying. Yeah. Yeah, as, as you were saying. As you were saying. Like, I've never capitated anybody and I imagine that would be so traumatizing. I would like, I don't know what would happen. But uh, <laughs> I mean, there's some Game of Thrones shit that's treated very lightly uh, and it's amazing. <laughs> What were you saying, Mr. Stock? Uh, yes, you've got you got a bunch here, uh, so. Oh okay. Oh, Faith and when Faith and Xander team up, it's yeah. like the worst. That They're is awful. the worst. They are awful. I totally it agree. Actually, with that. Me of, um, I used to play Call of Cthulhu, and I had a, my friend um, Chris Warren. Uh, him and I had the worst friendship in that game, where we would encourage each other in really bad ways, like. So he'd be like, well, what if we just like light some dynamite? And I was like, and like everybody else in the group would be like, no, because we are going to fail that role and die and it's really dangerous. And I'm like, well, what if we light a bunch of dynamite? <laughs> <laughs> you know, it was like we would just encourage each other in bad ways to so be like, it's like you should stick your hole into that interdimensional thing. Yeah. All right. Yeah, I'm going to do it. I'm going to like, like, are you sure you want to stick your hole into the dimensional portal? Yeah, I need to do this. Like, you're dead. You died. Damn it. <laughs> That's what that Faith Xander relationship reminded me of. Like, yeah, zero backbone, zero has uh, Xander has zero decision making capability of his own whatsoever. He's Xander is just the worst. Let's attack. Therefore, all of his friendships are also the worst. Yeah, yeah. Also, uh, the idea of like Xander angrily playing pool is like dumb. (laughs) 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 I just want to shoot. I just it really is. That. It really is. And he's all like uh, feeling sorry for himself and considering himself as he broods. Yeah, that's awful. <laughs> yeah, angry pool is weird. Like you think angry boxing or like angry running or something, you know. Like, playing angry pool is only going to get you more angry because you're, like, you're not going to have the calmness it takes to make a shot. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> Maybe that's why he's doing it. Uh, yeah. And so then they go and they grab the weapons and Faith's choice of weapons is like straight up psychotic because it's like... Why is that in the library? Yeah, it's like a meat hook. That is not good for killing... (laughs) That is not good for killing vampires. That's only good for like... 
rending flesh. Like, <laughs> like, I'm not even sure it's good for that. Like, it's just mean. Like, it's just a mean weapon. It's like, and I also yeah. like, okay, what was it? attack it was like a, a vampire. I, what was it? Yeah, it was a no, it was a bat that had like a like a, a fishing hook. hook. Yeah. It's like a meat hook. It's like it's like yeah. a big like you would use yeah. to hang up a big piece of meat. And like he like it's like okay, it's a crossbow or something, didn't he? Yeah, I get Xander in the crossbow because he doesn't know what he's doing, and so he wants the range up and he wants to stand back. That makes sense, yeah, but like, that makes sense. But, but the, like, the, Faith is like, I don't want to kill Angel. I want to like, I want to like pieces of him off. Like, <laughs> yeah. and like, you haven't even really met Angel yet. Like, that level of hatred for your girlfriend's ex-boyfriend is insane. Yes. Well, I'm gonna attack a vampire, so I get a wooden weapon first. But then I'm gonna put a metal hook on the end of it. Well, look, she can't control herself because she's jealous because she and Buffy are a thing, duh, right? Yeah, that's yeah, that's clearly it. Xander is cowardly. <laughs> <laughs> They're both just jealous. That's what it is, the two of them. That's what it is. Uh, uh, Buffy, because Buffy is the bomb. Yeah. She, she, <laughs> as we know from the hats. The yeah. Uh, Dennis, I love this yeah. next notice thing here because I have a prediction related to it because of it happening again. <laughs> Giles gets knocked out again. Which uh, I really wanted Travis to be on here so he could talk about repeated head injury. Yeah, no, yeah. I, I want to make a prediction about repeated head injury for Giles, but yeah. I mean, <laughs> like this, this one, this one at least treats it seriously. Usually, yeah. he's like just unconscious for a bit, but this one, like, we should call the hospital. Like, you could die from this kind of like brutal head injury. Uh, so it's a little different from the usual Giles getting knocked out. But man, poor Giles. <laughs> uh, uh, and then I say four-way fight of misunderstanding is pretty good uh, I just like like I mean that's just it's just good writing to like be able to set up a crazy fight like that where like nobody knows like except for Gwendolyn nobody else knows what's going on well even Gwen doesn't know that Angel's a vampire at first like just the way that's structured how people come in at different times and stuff like yeah yeah, because that, like, that should have killed action. you if you were a yeah. human. Yeah. yeah, I like. I that forgot really... how ugly he is when he's not, not ugly. Like when he stands up <laughs> after getting hit in the head, it's like whoa. Oh, in vampire mode. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Vampire face. Yeah. You thought okay. I was beautiful once. Yeah, he's like it's like the Klingon almost. <laughs> this is a little Klingon. Yeah. Klingon. Is he Klingon? I don't know. Yeah. Please reference Star Trek more. People yeah, don't let's know talk about, about Star Trek. Star Trek show. <laughs> Trying to be cool. Yeah. <laughs> all the kid, cool kids love Star Trek. <laughs> we yeah, we like, started watching all like from the very beginning. Which one is it? Star Trek. Uh, what's the first one? Star, Star Trek. Trek. Okay, Star Trek. <laughs> from the very <laughs> beginning, because there's been like a bunch of iterations of it. Right? I'm not yes. all that up on it, but my daughter has been watching it for a couple years now. And they were watching every episode, you know, from the start. Those old ones are, are not all hits. No. Well, neither right. are the new ones, but. <laughs> but I don't know. I feel well, like the original series Mike, always stands out more. Mike and I got to see LeVar Burton, right? Yeah, we did. Yeah. Oh, so, yeah. That was cool. That was really cool. I thought that was, was inspiring. Confusing. I thought it was a little confusing myself. <laughs> well, it was kind of like, so. I mean, total aside to talk about a random conference we attended together that had LeVar Burton. However, it was kind of like, it was, a, it was a conference for, you know, higher ed education people. And it's like, it's kind of like an insert guest speaker moment where it's like, hey, these people have all done TED Talks. They'll just do their TED Talk. And like, yeah. uh, 
it doesn't matter if it directly applies to these people. It's just everyone loves TED Talks. So here you go. It was kind of that vibe. Yeah, it was, it was a little strange. I think LeVar didn't know exactly who he was talking to. It was like uh, four speeches in one. I like that he forced everybody to watch that moment from Roots where uh, his character... <laughs> Uh, yeah. loses his uh, his slave name and I mean I'm sorry loses his uh, his African name and gains his slave name. Uh, that was yeah. great, great moment to oh. share with a room full of uh, super of uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's great. Anyway, Lamar Burton, Star Trek, back to yeah. Let's come back. Uh, so Angel Magic makes me lol when yeah, that was pretty good. <laughs> Angel performing magic to create the living flame. Uh, that's so, that was so funny. I don't know why. I think just, it's hard to <laughs> right now. And so like, I, I want to see way more angel magic. And if the angel show is angel yeah, to magic, good. I'm so <laughs> in. <laughs> it was great. Uh, I also like, I think they say like the spell for living flame is complicated and stuff. And then his, like, he's not measuring things out. He's just weighing yeah. things in his hand. I mean, he's got hundreds of years of experience potentially. Yeah, what did they have him do in hell? Who knows? Probably create the flame. Yeah, oh, yeah. With. Maybe he had a... I guess we never considered this. Maybe in hell he had a job. Maybe he wasn't <laughs> They're like, you're going to be our like magic spell guy. And he's like, ugh. John, you have <laughs> translations of these spells. Can you please? I saw that. Yeah, so I cannot at all take credit for this, um, but uh, uh, Haka... Hakatri who is a user of the Buffy wiki um, posted the translation of the spells. So angel spell is in Latin um, and it translates as arise flame of life. Come forth from your place of the elements into this world of the living. That's what he's saying. And uh, I'll go ahead and just for time's sake, I'll do uh, Gwendolyn later is actually speaking Gaelic. um, And she says, be mine, the power of Minigon. I was really hoping when I read that, it, like I'm like, oh, translation. I was really hoping it was going to say something like, "The princess is in the castle, Mario. Hurry!" I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> What's the line of Mario? Yeah, I think I, so far all the spells have taken themselves very seriously. They have yeah. not created silly spells, as far as I can tell. They've all been like very literal. Uh, so. John, uh, Dennis, I'm sorry. You guys, let's talk about this lightning glove. Dennis, uh, I love it. It sounds like a poll that you want to run here. Yeah, I want to. What do you guys think? Cool or lame? For lightning um, glove? Here's my arguments for it and against it. Um, I think the lightning effect is actually pretty good. Like, they do a good job with the lightning effect. Okay. Um, the way it clamps on the hand is pretty, like, awesome. Um, there should have been blood. There should have been blood. There should have been blood, yeah. I mean, those uh, were serious clamps. <laughs> They were. They were like, all right, this is this really. There was is blood when they came off. There was serious. blood left over, like, cause, cause Buffy cut her arm off. No, no, like where the little clamps oh, on came the clamps, off. There was a little yeah. bit of blood, but they should have gone in deeper. I agree. Yeah. Uh, here's why it's lame. If you have a magic gauntlet, why do you still need to say spell? And you have to say that <laughs> spell every single every time, time you shoot the lightning. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I agree. Not I just think it was it's too much buildup for just like lightning. I just felt like there was always like, oh, it's unlimited power, and it's like, oh, it's a Tesla coil. Like, I just feel like we need that. Didn't that didn't remind you guys of Ghostbusters at all? That's the first Ghostbusters thing. Ghostbusters two, the one with what's their name? Gozer. No. It was they're up in the tower. Oh, and Ghostbusters! Yeah, lightning okay, everywhere. Yeah. Like, if you look, look up the picture, that's exactly what it reminded me of, and not as big a deal, but that's what it reminded me of. 
it just reminded me of the generic lightning magic in uh, Skyrim or like uh, there's this, yeah, this like just a lightning spell, whatever that you can cast to kind of remind you of that. But you don't have to yell anything when you do it. it just, <laughs> just press a button and it depletes yeah. your magic supply. I just I, think, I just feel like yelling it defeats the purpose of like, I don't know. It gives people enough time to run away. Like, <laughs> Faith, <laughs> draw, draw her fire. Did you guys notice? Like, Faith runs through the room, gets zapped. She lights up. We see her skeleton, kind of, but she's okay. Did you notice that? She's a slayer. In uh, um, what's the episode? What's the name of the episode with the demon from the internet? Buffy gets electrocuted. Uh, oh yeah. You no, know that slayers. I robot you, Jane. Yeah, Thank but what's you. the name of the demon? <laughs> Oh, the demon is um, uh, he's called Malcolm in the in, in the internet. So he's like Melakor, Melakor the Corruptor. Nice, right? Yeah. Okay. You win, <laughs> man. I'm gonna lose this Buffy trivia contest. I thought I'd be great at shit. I win, but I'm a loser, right? Like, <laughs> <laughs> it's a it's a pretty cool glove, but it's not worth the sacrifices that you know that Gwendolyn makes to get it right like like you put that glove on like that's a really serious life decision you've made that you're never going back on like you yeah. gotta like, really like you're 100% committed to like this being your power and like never putting a shirt on comfortably ever again <laughs> <laughs> I mean did we learn nothing from Edward Scissorhands like <laughs> I, I just want to say this is a general trope in movies though like when you uh, brandish the ultimate weapon whatever it may be if it's a glove that shoots lightning or whatever it is like I'd say like the first 90 seconds of you wearing that weapon are really key and that maybe you shouldn't use it fucking immediately and maybe take a minute to learn how it works before you <laughs> start brandishing it just like just like a general word like I use a lot of different camera equipment I definitely test it but like me <laughs> with you it's not the first time if I did that's a fuck up so, like, just a lesson for villains, like, hey, maybe the time that you steal the ultimate weapon, maybe practice with it a little bit first. Figure out how it works. Take it home. Yeah, just, I don't know. Read, so the, manual. The, like, Read the manual. Spend some yeah, time in the forum. Put it on. Like, yeah. Like, the Slayer surround her and stuff, and she's like, time out. I need to learn how this works first. <laughs> Hold on. I'm going to go home. We'll meet up here again tomorrow, okay? Or she could just run away. I mean, she doesn't have to gloat and speak gaelic i don't know and, that that glove's kind of clunky it might weigh her down i don't think she could move very fast with that on mm. <laughs> sorry i'm a maniac i need to destroy my enemies that's my number one priority so <laughs> <laughs> did anybody notice like the major okay lightning up glass down like it was like all in her eyes did you see it just hit and bounce off her eyes i was watching that i don't know there's a lot of, there was some rad glass breaking in that scene there was some jumping good glass faith, jumping through broken, like, yeah broken <laughs> That's cool. So also, and does the lightning, does it only work if you're above like a sky? Can you not use it indoors? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a pretty big manual. Uh, you know. I'm not sure I would give up an entire hand for, for this. I don't know. Oh, really? You'd never be able to type again? Yeah. Typing or like I mean, if you're right-handed, you gotta like shift all your stuff to your left hand. Yeah. Can you imagine going to the bathroom? Going, yeah, going to the bathroom. At, I mean, anything? well, she's probably planning on like enslaving people. She can have people wipe for her. What happens when you're trying to give someone a happy? <laughs> no, it's electric. <laughs> <laughs> you're right. Okay, might... okay. 
There might be some advantages. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> that good download tingle. <laughs> oh, that's going in that uh, sexy yeah. montage for sure. Okay. Uh, all right. So uh, I guess we've answered this question about who the weird battle axe wearing wielding. It's Lagos. It's Lagos. It's Lagos. Yeah. Uh, I was like, but, what are you talking about? But yeah. he just feels like a character out of He-Man. Just like a strangely placed. <laughs> you know, Stacey, you joke to like Pirates of the Caribbean, like totally. Just like, like where is this dude? Yeah. Uh, John. And Pazic. what was he doing in the tomb? Was he looking for the glove or just stealing yeah. glove? He's looking for the glove. He's looking for the glove. Yeah. Yeah. All right. He really knows the glove isn't Sunnydale, but doesn't know its exact location. Because when okay. Faith ran into him, he was just like, this yeah. looks like a good coffin to look through. Yeah. Yeah. Play yeah we don't really get a lot of... <laughs> And he had no interest in her. He was like, pushed her down, go back to his bones, pushed her down, and then he left. Like, he, he didn't care. Yeah. Uh, John, you have an interesting comment here about advice. This really bothers me. So, like, I actually really like Gwendolyn Post. I think she's a really good character. Uh, I feel like I would have liked to have seen more of her. Um, but then, like, for all the, like, all this, like, setup about how smart she is, she goes and has this really stupid line that's like, a word of advice, Faith. You're an idiot. Which is, like, not advice. It's not advice to say you're an idiot. <laughs> don't be an idiot. Been, yes. A word of advice. Yeah. Don't be an idiot. Don't that would have be been fine. Idiot. Yes. Or a word of advice. You're an idiot. So maybe stop trying to not be. I don't know. There was something. Something that would be advice. It was really frustrating. I really, that line really bothers me a lot. Word of advice. She could have said, you're like, an idiot. <laughs> Buffy's not into you. Um, that there you go. That would have been, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just to hurt, just to hurt her one more time. Yeah, yeah. She's just being mean. She's yeah. She's meanie. She had a weird mole. She was. She bothered me. <laughs> uh, Dennis, you have, you have some interesting comments here. I'm I'm super curious about the Watcher Council, but uh, you have some other comments. Okay. I'm sorry. Uh, Buffy kills a human. I mean, she chops it. Her- the human's arm off with a piece of glass and then the oh. human electrocutes. But like, I, I, there's been a few times in the season where Buffy is like participated in the murder of people, right? Which is supposed to be a big no-no. Uh, but with the German dudes, right? She lets them shoot each other. She organizes it so they shoot each other. I'm just mm-hmm. saying. So we're sure that Gwendolyn was a human, right? Because I may have seen something in my research that said the demon watcher we're sure she was a human Ooh. Uh, i haven't heard anything about her being a demon where where was this research i would have to find it again i was just looking to make sure that i had the right episode and so yeah. i saw something about brilliant about time demon watcher great plot i found a, discu- a fan discussion on this point that was about you know whether or not Buffy had really killed her. It's like it's ultimately, yeah. ultimately the lightning that she, kills she, like, her. Turned to dust and stuff. Yeah, yeah. So, so maybe she, really she killed herself. Yeah, I mean, okay. I guess we you could argue Buffy chops her arm off, and her plan could be like to rush her immediately to the hospital. Yeah, Buffy can tie a tourniquet. Yeah. Okay. All right. We don't want to count. <laughs> I mean, I'm not saying I don't know. I. I'm just saying, Buffy doesn't seem to all the time care about not like murdering people. Only when it's like dudes like Ethan Rain or whatever that she. And she like, killed anyone else. That's uh, a person. That's a person. Yeah. Well, she definitely killed the members of the Order of Taraka, 
and some of them were people. It was her, mm-hmm. and I think, um, well, I don't know if that first dude was a human or not. That guy she kills on the ice. Um, they never really oh, revealed right. what he is. He's oh, the weird, the, that's right, the assassin guy, that's right. Yeah. That's not but clear, the, yeah. The Which guy? was a human. The guy who attacks her in um, What's My Line, part, part one, uh, it, back in season two. Um, do you remember there's the three assassins that go after Buffy one is like the guy who turns into maggots and one is like uh, just a dude it looks like and he attacks her at the ice skating rink oh yeah that's just a dude and she yeah. kills him right yeah yeah she slits with his throat the ice with the ice. yeah, yeah it's a Tanya Harding demon we don't know we don't know for sure that it's a dude it could be a demon I mean yeah it's yeah, not so- revealed so the show doesn't like think we like to think the show differentiates between vampires and humans, but that at a certain point it doesn't care. And this is the point where it doesn't care is season two. Where it's, and then like, yeah, she chops off a girl's arm. She's like, lady's arm. She's like, yeah, this will work. It is interesting that they don't try and like contain her in some way. But I think when they set up the glove, it's like, Hey, once it's on, it doesn't come off. It's like, yeah, fuck her. She's dead. Like, <laughs> yeah, dead to us. It's a pretty profound decision though. Like you're right. You're right to call it out where it's like, cool gonna kill a human also a member of the watcher council that we didn't know yet was a former member like there's a lot of confusion about what Gwendolyn is up to and at least for me as a viewer so Mm -hmm. i was a little surprised by i i had to rewind to watch that arm cut getting cut off because i was like what did she just do because like that that spoke to me too like that seems like a breaking a law of tv yeah (laughs) the tv police will come uh, I'd like to see I, the Mythbusters try that with the glass and see if it, if you could cut someone's arm off like that with a piece of jagged, broken window glass. I would also like to see that. There is no I mean, Mythbusters Buffy special. That there is should be. There really should have been. Uh, would have John, been really we need happy. to run one. We need to run a Mythbusters Buffy edition. <laughs> uh, yes, please. <laughs> I haven't seen enough of that show to know how it works, but yeah, I, I get it. Uh, I have, generally. I have been. What? I, I can I admit that I have been steadily watching every single episode of MythBusters. Yes. Uh, I'm currently in the 2011 season. Okay. Um, oh wow! It really jumps the shark at a certain point where they just do nothing but explosions at some point. Um, <laughs> For a little while, then they kind of come back to theme. I watched yeah. some. So I'm, I, <laughs> but I, I am methodically watching it all. I love yeah. Mythbusters a lot. I do too. Also, yeah. talk about a slashy show where it's like unspoken romance. <laughs> right? They love yes. each other. Like they the do. whole there's a whole they story do. about how they don't get along, offset, and all yeah, that stuff. No. But like, no, 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 no. I know what's really going on. And then they bring Alton Brown on one episode, and it's it's like I haven't what? seen that yet. I haven't gotten there Total. yet. Total. Bromance, three-way bromance going on. <laughs> they drive to Thanksgiving dinner. Yeah, sorry, spoilers, but it happens. <laughs> it happens. I got really choked up because I watched the one with Barack Obama, and I was like, oh, my God, we used to have someone we liked. And, like, uh, he cares about science. <laughs> oh, that's such a good show. Yeah, Next podcast, Mike, Mike, watch Mythbusters. Oh, I don't know if there is an episode-by-episode watch of Mythbusters. That may not be... There may be some unmined territory, and there's they did some crazy show. stories about MythBusters. They put cannonballs through houses, and I forget where they did that show yeah. for what, like twelve years or something. Like you yeah. could do that podcast for a really long time. Yeah. <laughs> Life goals. Yeah, like, 
I just assume you could do that for six years. You could do that podcast. And then they got that other show tested, right? So you could totally just be the show. That's that yeah, tested. It. I watched that. It's, it's different. White Rabbit. They did a spinoff with the. Oh, that's not- terrible. I watched White Rabbit on it's Netflix. Hit, yeah, it's hit and miss. It's not. It, they did like one good thing out of, out of like eight episodes. It's terrible. Yeah. What's the, uh, the deal with White Rabbit? It's the, it's all, it's the other people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's oh, the B Tor- team from Tori and I can only remember. Why would I want to watch Tori. that? Tori and Carrie and Grant. I mean, Tori I actually like. I liked that. I like Grant. Yeah. A lot. And, um, I think I feel that, bad that they're interns for like ten years. <laughs> you kidding me? It's yeah. a paid internship. I mean, it's there, the, earlier on in the show. There was like the nice part where like they would go off and do something, and then like they'd take back what they made to the like to the dads, and like Adam and Jamie yeah. are like the dads of the show, and they would like judge what they did. But later, yeah. it was just totally separate, and that was not as much fun. Sorry, this yeah. is a show. Uh, this is the podcast about Buffy, where we talk about other TV shows. Yeah. <laughs> it is sometimes. Uh, Dennis, can we talk about the Watcher Council? Yeah, I say they seem pretty disorganized. Um, I mean, I feel like we've mentioned them. Typical bureaucracy, right? I mean, but like this is the second time this season where like just like shit happened because the Watchers Council failed to inform Giles of anything, right? Like, I mean, Faith. Faith's watcher is killed and like nobody at the watchers council tells Giles, you know, I really think they should have, they, they need like a weekly newsletter to update all the watchers members. Like Giles doesn't even know the name of the other Slayer until the other Slayer comes into town. That seems like just the kind of shit, if you're going to run an organization, everybody needs to be on the same page. Like, I just don't know how the watchers council is organized at all. It's, uh, it's like a community volunteer board. Um, basically. <laughs> Did, didn't Giles that? mention that he like he must not have read a newsletter and he missed that a memo? He said they, they swear there was a memo, which I think is kind of like actually that's Giles. He's kind of throwing some shade. He's kind of like saying they didn't really send a memo. That's the that's the implication yeah. I got out of it. Uh, it's also like I guess the Watchers Council for some random reason t- treats Giles like shit. But, like they don't invite right. the retreats. Giles, I didn't know <laughs> the Watcher of the most successful Slayer they've ever had like of the only slayer at the moment right I, that's the thing i don't understand is like to what what percentage of the watcher council's mission is the slayer because at certain times it seems like that's all they do right yeah, yeah. and then I mean, they also seem to completely is. ignore doing that like well yeah. i mean clearly you know from my virgin perspective like i've only seen this far in the show right like clearly the watcher council has other bigger shit going on than this like obviously from the way it treats Giles and the way, and like the way he accepts that treatment from Gwendolyn, like they have bigger shit. I can't imagine what that bigger shit is. Maybe there's multiple hell mouths they got to deal with. Maybe the devil is trying to get out of hell. I don't know. I got bigger <laughs> shit to deal with than the vampire problem that, and apparently this yeah. magically rebirthing vampire slayer thing that happens, but like, which, you know, it's like, it's cool. We should, have somebody that watches them and makes sure that they're on our side because that could be easily turned against us. Cool. We'll send someone there, but otherwise let's work on the big shit, which is uh, investment banking, you know, or like (laughs) Buffy's not just a slayer who slays vampires. She's successfully stopped the end of the world at least twice. Right. By this point. Yeah. But that was in California, you know, there's the end of the world in Chicago. Yeah. I deal with the end of the world in London, you know, Mike, I do think you're trying. You're starting to understand this show's worldview. Oh, am I? I, I? I do think so. I think that that is that is very much how the show sees it. Oh, interesting. 
Well, I, I mean, I have some predictions about the Watcher Council later, but yeah, for future. All right, show. cool. Uh, so do we need to talk? Yeah. So Dennis, you said uh, there's a show that Faith is watching. On the old oh, black and white she's... TV. Yeah, the like, yeah. really randomly old black and white. I think it was The Third Man. Do you know, John? I John? looked at it after I saw your comment. I, it's something in black and white. I don't know what it is. Okay. I thought it was a Western. Was the third man <laughs> really? Man. Okay, then I was totally off. I, I was thinking I it was know. The Third Man for some reason. It reminded me of one scene from it, but I didn't go back and look. Which, you know, it's a... Uh, and then, Dennis, here you have a comment about Faith and Buffy are in a rocky patch. That's right. Their relationship pretty damaged after all this. Um, I don't know. I feel bad for Faith at the end. She's all alone. Buffy's got everybody. Faith has her shitty, shitty motel room. Mm. So I don't know. Cool. Well, I think we can move on now to the next section, uh, which is questions for the group. So our group questions section. So uh, I got the first one here. Uh, did you think that Xander and Willow's hyperactivity at the beginning of the show real, realistically depicts liar behavior? Uh, also, if, if yeah, what'd you think about that? Like, I mean, the show plays it out like it feels pretty realistic. The acting's, acting is good. But uh, I, uh, it just struck me as like comic, like comedy stuff. Um, I don't know what, uh, what do you think your liar behavior is when you're lying? Do you know what you do when you lie? Uh, I'm pretty sure I do the same stuff most people do of like uh, taking too long a pause before answering, uh, especially if I'm not prepared for the lie. Um, and what's the other one? Stating things like um, in like a more complicated manner than they need to be instead of being like, yeah, that was me. You'd be like, yes, I did that. <laughs> no, I mean, I don't know. Um, I learned how to, when I was playing poker a lot, I learned how to like not show as much emotion in my face. Um, but if I'm not like actively in poker mode, then like my face reveals a lot. So those are my, those are my tells, I guess. I don't have like a specific like turning an Oreo cookie kind of tell. I don't know. Willow light. No. <laughs> Willow Rounders. lies like my 10-year-old. Like, my 10-year-old can't lie at all. And, uh, I felt like the, that that scene, Willow, was like, uh, yeah, um, and, uh, 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 you know, it was terrible. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like I show a lot of my face. That's how you know I'm lying. Like, I can't. I can't, I can't imagine well. you lying, yeah. No, I, I, I have tried to live my life lying as little as possible. I hate it. I hate lying. <laughs> Lying is like my, what I hate it in when movies, when it's the plot point of the film, it's like, oh, the reason this couple doesn't get together is because the dude is lying or she's lying about something. Yeah. I hate lying. I try to never do it. And so if I'm forced in a situation where I have to awkwardly accept, like someone is actively lying, I, I lose my shit. And like it happens sometimes <laughs> at work where the, like clearly a lie is being told. And it's just like, like I just, my face Crazy shows like my, my anger. <laughs> hmm. Uh, John, Note to do self, don't lie. I mean, I'm lying so constantly and habitually that I don't. I don't. <laughs> yeah. Well, you have to I be mean, a teacher. You know, it's, you have to like, yeah. represent authority. That's a big challenge. That's a big <laughs> hyperactivity is also uh, pretty constant for me. So uh, you know. <laughs> oh. 
Amanda's the liar. Sometimes. Hyperactive. Uh, can we move on here? Stacy? you had a weird uh, question about- Did no one lock- notice that locker sticker? I did not. Who's locker? So there's the, when Buffy comes up to Willow and she's like, are we cool? And they flash back and forth between Willow and Buffy. If you look over Buffy's shoulder, there's a, there's a sticker on the locker that she's seen it in front of. And it just says wet dreams on it. It says WD and then it says wet dreams. Like it's a brand or something? I don't know. You see it like three times. I'm like, why is that there? That's so weird. weird. You're going to have to watch it again now. Yeah. Because then I started looking at all the stickers. I tried to look at all the stickers real quick. I didn't catch anything else, but I was like, well, what if I type what WD wet dreams? What do I get into Google? Oh, that's a brand new Google search. Don't share your screen. No, no, don't don't share your screen. Let me share my screen. No. Hey guys, are we are confused about confused about what wet dreams are? Let's move on. Uh, Dennis, you have this next question about Gwendolyn. The sticker. Uh, yeah, Mike. How quickly did you catch on to Gwendolyn being? Yeah, I wanted to know this too. Guys, I didn't catch on until she hit Giles and was when she like when she was curious about. like there was that weird scene with Giles and, and her alone. And I knew Giles knew where the glove was and he hadn't revealed it to her. And I was confused about why he hadn't revealed it. I was like, why wouldn't he tell her right away? That's what she's here for. And that was when I was like, something's up. And then I wasn't sure what, what he was protecting. Also, I assume she represented the council. So I expe- expected some larger council agenda to come forth about like why, mm. like he doesn't want to share it with them because they have too much power. I don't know. I was anticipating something about the council being revealed, but then she just hits him on the head. I'm like, I don't know what the fuck is going on right now. Like what could she, she possibly took her, She took her tea bag out of the cup before he poured the hot water in and I knew something was up. Oh, Whoa. I didn't notice that. Wow. That is a, that's prop work right there. She that is the some good prop work. She took the tea bag out before the hot water went in and then she set this little tin on the counter and I thought she's going to put something in his drink. Oh. And, then, and, and then like wow. Xander came in and then Xander came in, I think. Right, and they were discussing it in private, which we assume is because, she didn't like, yeah. well, she didn't like the good, but also like they had just talked about Buffy, like, yeah. you know, he's got everything under control and it's like, he wants to show that he's not humiliated. He doesn't want to be humiliated right now with whatever Xander's revealing. And so they took it to a side. So that like justified, it made sense. Like why that would happen, I guess, because he's it's for his pride. But uh, yeah, I didn't know until she hit him. Like it was unclear to me. She just seemed like a new watcher character that was going to be a part of the show. <laughs> I uh, really didn't yeah. expect her to get to die either. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good. That always makes me happy when you're like engaged in the show, Mike. That makes me happy. Oh, well, mission accomplished show. Uh, Dennis, <laughs> Dennis asks uh, this next question. Uh, why doesn't the Watchers Council provide accommodations for Slayers? I, I love that same question. shit. I love this question. Because is I, Faith I the just... same age as Buffy? Is she supposed to be the same? Yeah. Yeah, Generally. roughly. Yeah. She's just chilling in an efficiency like travel lodge motel type situation. Eighteen dollars a day. Eighteen dollars a day. Eighteen dollars a day. And, and is she paying for that out of pocket? Like she's just like she doesn't have a job. She her full time job is job slaying. Yeah. 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 I don't know where she's getting the money, but she sells I, custom for her. Cakes. I mean, surely, like I, I. Surely this is a situation that has come up with watchers before where they have to pay for their slayers living accommodations, right? Like Kendra lived with her watcher her whole life, right? Right. 
Well, we I know feel the like answer. We're in the unique, the unique, unique situation of still being part of the world and stuff. Just like Giles is doing a bad job as a watcher to not provide better accommodations. Well, we know the answer to that, you know, is that she's not really a watcher, right? So it's bullshit. But you well, know, like Faith is not really underneath Giles yet, right? Officially. Uh, you know, he's no. watching her until another watcher is found. Non-demonish watcher comes along, yeah. No, he's definitely waiting for a watcher, so it's someone that's aware of what okay. goes on in the watcher council because they totally exploit this perfect. They're like, I'm going to watch for Faith. Like, they're she's Gwendolyn is aware of what's going on. She's not, even though she's no longer a part of it, she's mm-hmm. apparently got spies and knows what's going she's on. She's still getting the newsletter or something. Right, she's intercepting <laughs> Giles' Giles newsletter, just stealing his mail. <laughs> That's why Giles is always so uninformed. Well, like she she calls out the accommodations as Spartan, you know, and that was kind of like a comment that came back. Uh, a compliment when, too. Right. She mm-hmm. turned it into a compliment. So mm-hmm. she like, when she justified the space as Spartan, to me, I was like, okay, it's weird, but I accepted her as the watcher at that point. I didn't expect her to have a mansion or some shit. So like. I like when it comes back that Faith doesn't, remember what the word is right she's like yeah yeah it's real spotting <laughs> or maybe that's just an awesome accent i don't know but it's, yeah, like, it's not clear what if that's faith's accent or if it's uh gwendolyn's accent that she heard because gwendolyn would also have, have dropped the hard r like she would also have been like spotting yeah, yeah. i don't know uh, i just like that she doesn't know what it is she's just like and Buffy probably doesn't didn't recognize what she was saying, but also doesn't ask. Yeah. <laughs> like, all right, just weird faithism. <laughs> uh, we need to talk about five by five at some point. We haven't talked about that on the air. Yeah, they used five by five this episode. Yeah, so five by uh, five uh, is a is a like it's a naval term, uh, and it comes from uh, the idea of like communications. They're, like you give you you rate your communications like on a scale of one to five for, I think it's clarity. And then like, there's another one for like how much noise there is, I think. And so like, um, if the, the best community, the, the strongest, clearest communications you can have are five by five, where it's like strong signal, low noise, I think, I think is what it is. Something like that. Yeah. Anyway. So when, when Faith is like, we're five by five, I'm like, ah, they're more like one by three or something. Yeah. They're, they're one by the three. Back. Yeah. <laughs> She's being ironic. Uh, Stacy, give the next question here. This might be obvious because I jumped into this episode and I'm, I'm trying to remember things from when I watched it before. But Buffy straight up looked like she was going to church when she walked into Faith's little spot in uh, <laughs> space. Like she's got her little purse and her little white cardigan she just looked like she was going to church it just like they tried almost too hard to play up like this good girl bad girl thing i felt like dark faith angelic buffy with her blonde hair and her glowing you know pale skin or whatever i don't know and i love that faith called her twinkie did you catch that she called her twinkie at one point (laughs) no i didn't catch that i'm pretty sure i don't think i misheard she said when she was like kind of pissed off at her she's like Twinkie, she called her Twinkie. I don't doubt it. It just uh, it didn't register with me for whatever reason. Um, so next question here. Um, so or group question: Are I statements only? Is that a legit psychological group therapy thing? Because like I don't yes. think I've been to those group therapy sessions. It's so that you don't 
make someone immediately defensive by saying you did this and you did this right. and you did this. You say, I feel like. Right. So I've heard it as I feel, not just I statements. I statements. Yeah. Just so that yeah. you started with an I. I teach that in with my kids for like a conflict resolution among kids that they have to make yeah. I statements. Hmm. Is that um, something you've gotten training on, John, or is that such something? Yeah, I mean, I've gotten about. training. I wouldn't call the training like top notch or anything, but it's definitely something we do. All right, we're moving on to themes and deep stuff. Uh, John, you have the first deep stuff theme. I don't know if this is how deep this is, but uh, I feel like the addiction <clears throat> metaphor in this episode is pretty dumb. Uh, love is not an addiction or like at the very least I would say this episode is not actually interested in addiction and doesn't want to make any statement about addiction and is only using it as a throwaway thing as like a novelty I don't think this episode has anything to say about addiction and it's kind of shitty to use addiction yeah, in that that's way. true it's true this is not I think uh, I think you gotta think of the cultural time frame too though so there's a pretty big difference from I mean every era has had its addiction thing and problems mm. but i do feel like 90s addiction problems were not like today's addiction problems and the reference to the patch was brilliant writing um i <laughs> <laughs> had to throw that in there um but yeah i because i've thought about this a lot in other ways the addiction problems of today you know the 80s had a cult like an addiction problem with certain drugs the 90s did but the 90s were like weed next to Kind of, at least that's what I knew of. And now it's much worse. I feel like now is a much, much bigger societal problem. So when they were writing this. Eh. Yeah, fair. That's a fair point that it, it, it didn't have the same yeah. mind share then. But like. Uh, yeah. yeah. And it doesn't mean that the show is not going to at some other point maybe focus on addiction as a metaphor uh, or something else. And it's not to say that that won't be dumb. <laughs> <laughs> No way, no. I love it when you guys are vague. I'm not buying <laughs> an metaphor prediction about this show. <laughs> There's no patch for this. There's no patch for this. Mike <laughs> has learned to be untrustworthy, untrusting of uh, yeah. my vague statements. Now, the vague statements are just vague. It's cool. Keep them vague. I wish I could uh, download a patch for this episode. Hey. <laughs> uh, it's just a pun cool <laughs> uh john you have a theme deep stuff here about this uh, about xander i think that gwendolyn post is not the villain of this episode i think xander is the villain of this episode i think gwendolyn post is, yeah. is kind of awesome and xander is a terrible friend uh that's not news to anyone who's watched the show but I think that Xander, uh, I mean, Buffy totally calls him out for it. Like, he's pretending to be noble, but this is really motivated by jealousy. And also, like, Xander has his own shitty secret this whole episode that he doesn't, like, Willow at least has complicated guilt feelings and, like, that trips her up and, like, makes her think about things twice and, you know, be awkward. But Xander's like, straight ahead, fuck this guy. Fuck everybody else. I know what's right. And let's go get weapons about it. Like... <laughs> Like, like, not only am I so sure I'm right, but let's go get weapons and do something about it without talking to Giles. Like that, ah, yeah. fuck Xander. He's the worst. He's the, and, he is and at the, the end, at the end, he's like on the couch and he's like, I trust you, Buffy. Right? So he gets to just yeah. change. Right? So. Yeah, but Xander, yeah. So defense of Xander a little bit, like 
at that last moment though, like, I, I don't know. I mean, the Willow, Willow and Xander both trust Buffy because they're in that same situation and they kind of get how she could be with Angel because they're in a relationship that they shouldn't be in. And so there's like this level of understanding that the show kind of hints on here, but like, yeah, he's a total shitbag. But like, and, and but it's it's just funny the way the show thinks, where it's like I can understand what you're feeling because I'm in the exact same situation, but I'm also <laughs> and so I get it. But like Cordelia and Oz are like, uh, no, fuck this. I don't, <laughs> I don't, I don't, I don't agree at all. <laughs> it's it just it, I I really enjoyed that that way that they portrayed this situation. Anyway, that's kind of an aside. Uh, Xander is always the villain of every episode. He should not be on the team. He is as untrustworthy as Buffy is around Angel. Uh, yeah. So, like, this, I don't know why they keep But also him. just all the time, like, not when he's around somebody that he has feelings for, but just, like, he's generally untrustworthy. No, because like, he as thinks a human. he might have a chance to fuck somebody, so he's going to be, like, he's super weird about everything because he's like, well, I might have a chance to fuck Faith, so I'm going to laugh too hard at her jokes and, like, just, like, quit. <laughs> you should write a rap about He's a high school dude, man. I mean, uh, yes, I... You want I him think. to be beef, he's mad. He's a high school dude. That I would mad. like a follow-up to the Xander rap about how Xander is terrible. Uh, I'm working on an I'm working on a a Buffy song right now, but I'll, I'll okay. <laughs> I'm working on like I'm not sure if Buffy should be portrayed as a Kesha type singer, right, or as like a more airy and vapid style singer. I guess that's Kesha, but like just a, a different style. Wait, of pop is wait. Did you say airy and vapid? Is that a is that a genre of music? You just said a lot of things that I've never heard of before. Oh sure. So I, I write, I've been <laughs> since last episode. Only recently have I been writing uh, music that, about Buffy the Vampire Slayer. So I wrote a Xander-themed rap uh, from the perspective of Xander, where I played Xander character. And the I, rap I understand. I don't understand the other music. Catch. What did you say? Kesha. Kesha's great. Oh, okay. that song TikTok. You know that song? That's like one of her biggest ones. Uh, go get this. Ah, uh, the 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 single uh, Cannibal. Where she talks about eating men, where because she's like she's a man eater, but she's like she wants to actually eat men, and she's like, yeah, I think she, I heard she, of that. You know that, that song, song is amazing. Like it's really good. You know that song with her and Pitbull, where it's like Timba, da 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 da. You know, t- probably because the team in Portland, our soccer team, is the Timbers. I hear that all the fucking time when you go to Timbers games. Okay. But yeah. anyway can't help you I, we listen to what does the fox say on repeat because uh, i have kids you know what you have kids you get a t- you're gonna have like I this 15 to 15 year gap on pop culture from what i yes. just so like don't worry about yes. it this happened in the last five years it's not it's nothing you have to worry about you can catch up okay uh when your kids in uh 18 okay but catch is right great but, but what was I will the look that up. i'll look it up but what, what did you say like arian what like arian vapid i was gonna do arian vapid is that a genre no. It's okay. <laughs> it uh, is now. I mean, <laughs> it'll be I'm topping the Aryan Vapid charts. Oh, man. Yeah. Number one at, for Alt Vapid. Gwen Stefani. <laughs> yes, she's Aryan Vapid, if anything. Yeah. Are you kidding me? No way. No way. I, I love, I think Gwen Stefani's pop stuff is great. That stuff that Dr. Dre produced with her so many years ago. Bananas. No, no, no. Okay. The, uh, she did. Remember Hey Baby Hey? Uh, I know that. That song is terrible. And like, there's the whole story about how uh, Bono came by and gave them the Hey Baby Hey part of that song, which is like, <laughs> what did you have before that? What was the part <laughs> before? 
That's the whole song. That's basically the entire song. Anyway. Nothing else in that song. Yeah. So I, I started out writing an Angel Buffy ballad, right? Where it's like Angel Buffy singing because I feel like he's such a fucked up, they fucked up relationship and that'd be a fun song. But I think it's better if they have their own songs rather than them singing. Like, do no one listens. When, how often do you hear a duet on the radio? So like, I was thinking maybe they sing their own perspective because it's too confusing. Unless you listen to country. Yeah. 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 Uh, Dennis, you have the next kind of uh, theme deep stuff? Uh, yeah, so uh, the show seems to want us to root for Buffy and Angel as a couple. Um, and I, I think, honestly, like a lot of the audience when it first aired was rooting for them, right? From what I remember. Um, uh, they, got a, they got the whole like YA romance stuff going on. Right. I feel like most YA romances were built off of the Buffy Angel romance. Um, uh, but the show also does a good job, arguably better job, of showing how the relationship is fucked up and how it negatively affects others, especially Giles. Like, it gave Giles that time to be like, you don't respect me. <laughs> um, that Giles so- moment is amazing. His, like- his scene where he sits down at his desk and he's like, he, do- he does this like, you see over his shoulder after he says that line, he sits down and he just sits there and he like puts his hand in his mouth and it's like very serious. No, it's great. It's the best like adult punishment that Buffy has received for her actions. Like it's so real. It feels so real. Like she cares so much about how Giles thinks of her. And then for him to be disappointed is so big. I mean, no wonder he has to get knocked out. He can't even be a part of this episode because he would be so fucking angry with everything. <laughs> he's not even disappointed. He's like, he's legitimately hurt. Like he is personally hurt and offended. And I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. It's just interesting because it's not, this isn't a relationship that's just like bad for them. It's yeah. Like Buffy is making out with an atom bomb and she yeah. just at point blow it up. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Bomb. That's why it's a bomb. The bomb hat. The bomb hat is a She's commentary about Angel. That's that's excellent. Yes, that's I was so I was so happy to see that Giles moment because like this is this thing that like like there was the hint that something like that was going to happen last episode when you know Buffy came home and Giles and Joyce are meeting to talk about her and she just seen Angel and was like, well, maybe this is the confrontation and like finally fucking happened it was so good it was delicious i was so happy that she finally got this because she's been hiding angel for however many episodes now like four or five episodes this season and like it's making me crazy and i'm so glad that the show is ready to move to the next stage yeah and like also like there's a rift now like no one trusts anybody after this like i think it's it's an interesting rift in the show i wonder Mm. if they cut wonder if there were scenes um right after lightning hands mcqueen there blows up um, <laughs> she, uh, they all sort of like stand up and they're all right there but they cut immediately to like the next scene and and nobody talked like what what was what was that conversation after that because they mm-hmm. you know willow and faith and buffy and angel was standing i right think there. they all just all made eye contact with every and then walked person, away and then walked in four corners away no, but someone had to get rid of the glove. No, totally like, yeah. and then Buffy was left alone to burn up the hand and the glove in the living flame. Yeah, oh, yeah, there's a line about that, right? About the, about no, they hung out for a little bit. They had to. That would have been they, so they awkward like, hanging out with Angel. Nazi or anything. But that's, oh, man. Do they make casual conversation with Angel? They're like, so... 
How's the happy? But it just shows you this show is done. I think the show is done with Oz and Cordelia because like they're not in this encounter, but everybody else is. Like everybody else is involved and knows what's going on and they're on the same level. The angel is cool, but Oz and Cordelia weren't there. So it's like, cool. You guys are going to be on the angel TV series from here on. (laughs) Like you're done. You hate Cordelia. Whoa. Sorry. High school mean girl thing. Like, just don't like Cordelia. Cordelia. Yeah, there's a lot more to Cordelia than that. There though. is, but they played her character that, you know, to be that person. They did, but that, I feel like they've, uh, in by this time, they've really expanded her. She quite comes a, bit. a long way. She's got layers. Yeah. yeah. She's got layers. Exactly. Yeah, she does well on tests, huh? Surprise. Yeah. <laughs> She's got more layers than that. I'm not the biggest Cordelia fan in the world, but I'll defend her a little. Uh, so can we move on to predictions now? Yes, we can talk about predictions. Um, so I want to bring back up, uh, previously we had decided, Mike predicted in season one, episode two, that Willow and Xander would become an item. Now we had decided at uh, some point that Willow and Xander had not become an item. They had kissed or whatever. There was some impropriety, but they had not yet become an item. I just wanted to re-bring it up in case we feel like at this point it, they've crossed over into item dumb. I know what my opinion is, but Dennis, I'm really especially curious what you think. I don't think they're an item, no. I That's think also what I think. I don't... Irrespective of it has to be public. Other people have to know. Okay, yeah. item means people know. I think that's right. I think that is kind of what item means. I think Sorry. item means people know. I think yeah. that's right. Um, so, so what uh, about when people find out that they were secretly in a relationship? We'll deal with those repercussions when they happen. We'll discuss that at the time, yeah. I, I think I don't... Which uh, I think yeah. leads to another... Uh, a prediction that didn't come true, right? Well, what, what what's that, Dennis? I might not have found oh, that one. Uh, two episodes ago, Mike predicted that um, Angel, Buffy, and uh, oh yeah, 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 there would be. We'll would get be there. The same episode. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Uh, we'll get there in a second. Uh, before we get there, really quickly. Uh, okay. Similar kind of gray area here, okay? In season two, episode 17, Mike predicted that Buffy will never get back together with Angel except in her dreams. She clearly is doing what she's doing with Angel outside of dreams. Uh, Is this getting back together? What do you guys think? Does this constitute getting back together? There's kisses, there's half-naked Tai Chi, but Buffy is- I say they're not a couple yeah, I don't, well, but it's she just not what he enough. said. He says getting back together. Uh, I, Mike, what did you mean? Uh, I feel like Mike is going to get angry. I am about, about to get super angry about okay. this because <laughs> I can see the I'm wheels the turning on the interpretation of uh, getting back together. So I just said that if Willow and, uh, you know, Xander, them in a relationship, you're saying they're not an item because they're in secret. Hey, welcome. Hello. Oh, hello. Yes, I guess. <laughs> so Willow and Oz, uh, right. I'm sorry, sorry, Willow and Xander are in a secret relationship and they're not an item, according to the judges here. So if mm-hmm. Buffy and Angel are together in secret, apparently it's not a relationship. And I don't think that they're going to, I think this has to be resolved by the next episode if they're still together. And I don't think they are, a, I don't think the relationship's going to happen because everyone knows it's so fucking dangerous. So, so here's here's what I want to say in in Mike's favor for this prediction, right? So in band candy, right? Uh, we 
gave Mike a confirmation on, on, on his prediction that Giles and Joyce will get together using that exact language, get together. <sighs> because their faces went together. That was the logic. They like got together, right? There was more than facials. <laughs> uh, yes, we're given to understand that they did get pelvic. Um, that, 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 that happies were had. So since we know that, uh, I guess in this case, we know that Buffy and Angel have put their faces together, but they have not gotten pelvic. What do you I'm say? Willing, I'm willing. There is some to like not. Tai Chi spooning going on. I don't yeah. Know. I'm willing to not um, deny Mike this prediction yet. I think we can see how this situation unfolds. Okay. We're going to leave it open. We're going to see what happens next episode. Is that what the call is? That's my call. Yeah. Okay. All right. I, I would agree with that. I mean, I'm okay. just a guest. But <laughs> I'm just going to take ownership of that and say, I agree. Okay. All right. I'm, I'm okay with that. All right. Now, Thank you, judges. Benevolent judges. Thank you. <laughs> in some uh, much less ambiguous territory, uh, Mike predicted that the Willow slash Xander and Buffy slash Angel relationships would be revealed in the same episode. That did not happen. No. Um, so I should note that, because uh, we're actually about to confirm and deny things here. Mike, at the moment, you're at a 71. This is yep. your current percentage, you're at 71. Um, so I'm about to deny this one. Revealed to the audience or revealed to the internet? No, revealed to the, the, the group of large. They've both been revealed to the audience ages ago. Yeah. Um, but yeah. So no, they've been denied. No, nope, I, I accept. Denied. I accept. I, I I messed up. I thought the episode called and, Revelations would have been all right after that. Mike, well, seeing this is a double whammy because Mike predicted that 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 would have happened in Revelations, so it didn't. So, so it's so too wrong. That's too down, actually. <laughs> uh, the sad thing is, when you said that, I tried to give you. I was like, "Do you want to split yes. that up?" Yeah. I was trying to give you Dennis like, tried to bail you out, and you weren't having it. <laughs> no, I was a fool. I thought, because Dennis is, all right, I need to, Dennis is feeling some guilt, so maybe I need to trust some, trust Dennis. So this puts you at a 68. Do not play you. It's obvious I'm feeling guilt. I'm not lying about my emotions. Uh, Mike, this puts you at 68.5, rounded up to a 69, still a D plus. Okay, cool. Um, so you've got a D. You are you are not doing so hot. Um, we're gonna have it's to give you. Uh, for you, Mike. I, I, well, he's I, not failing yet. I, I mean, a D is I, still D is for diploma, as we say to our students sometimes. Well, clearly, I need to break up predictions to the smallest possible unit of information in the future. Because <laughs> <laughs> I could have gotten that. I knew it was coming, and that Buffy Angel thing got revealed finally, and I shouldn't have connected that to the Xander and uh, will a thing but it just seemed like it should happen all together let's just move on with this bullshit but this show is gonna make it last another episode which is f frustrating but i'm very <laughs> close i'm very so close. happy that the buffy angel thing is resolved like that we can kind of be angrily and mistrustfully move on and to do some different things uh because just holding on to a lie forever is a boring show to me okay so new predictions here i haven't written them down in the doc here but uh, i can write them down um, I've discovered a new rule of Buffy, which is fights will interrupt emotionally important conversations. Just a rule. Anytime there's something emotional and important for the show to do, there's going to be a fight. 
that will interrupt it before you know we can resolve it. So just a rule of Buffy. It's not really a prediction. <laughs> just oh wait, it's not. I'm not writing this down. Uh, this goes into a separate uh, drinking game for Buffy. So got like, it. Yeah, I mean, I do feel like that's an ultra safe prediction for Buffy. <laughs> yeah, that's going to happen again. Um, like just like Giles will get knocked out again. Like you know, when Giles yeah. gets knocked out, you should take a drink. That's a rule of Buffy. So um, you're not predicting that because it's too much of a trope. It's like too obvious. It's like a thing that happens. But Giles gets knocked out. Now, what I what I want wish yeah, Travis is here to talk about, which was like what happens when you get repeatedly knocked out. You know, like the brain injuries that all these football players have later in life and it's getting revealed as this big problem. You know, these multiple concussions over time cause these brain traumas which cause, you know, like early onset of dementia and stuff like that. I play a doctor on TV. I mean, I I can WebMD something for you if you want. Oh, yeah. So multiple brain, like multiple head traumas. What happens to you? I don't think this will ever happen to Giles is my prediction. Mm. That despite all of the head injuries, Giles will not, uh, no doctor will ever diagnose him with a, like uh, whatever it is that happens to you with multiple head injuries. And Stacy's looking it up, which I appreciate. Uh, what if it's revealed that he is using magic to keep his brain together? <laughs> uh that's never gonna happen i don't i i'm so, gonna say, magic will ne- it will never be revealed that magic is being used to keep giant giles's brain in one place like here's how, here's how i'm phrasing this tea. he drinks a lot of tea oh that might create a special I case think, i think uh, that's the key so here's how i'm phrasing this mike giles will not will have sorry giles will not have long-term effects from being knocked out repeatedly yes that is how i'm phrasing it is that okay with you yeah it's very important that you approve the language, as you know. Yeah. Okay. He will not, after seven seasons, have long-term effects. <laughs> brain injury. All right. Uh, next one here. Um, the Watcher Council is going to apologize for Gwendolyn, for her, for them not warning him, him uh, Giles about Gwendolyn. Because that's. Sorry, they will or will not. They will apologize. Wow. Is there a timestamp on that? I mean, this season. I mean, she appeared this season, so we're going to have some other Watcher Council business this season because Faith obviously needs a new Watcher because, and it's going to happen very soon. I don't know how soon this new Watcher is going to show up because I believe that Gwendolyn jumped jumped ahead of that Watcher, whatever their visit was, in mm-hmm. order to get become Faith's Watcher or say that she is. So a real one is on its way. Is that yeah, another prediction? Have an oh, yeah, that's, that might be a separate prediction. Sorry, go ahead. So wait. I think you might already have an outstanding prediction about a new watcher, right? Let me find out. Uh, there's a prediction that says Giles has never been a watcher for another Slayer before. We'll find that out. Um, there is a special school for watchers that we will see in season three. Yep. And that's it. Those are the only predictions about watchers. Okay. So oh, weird. To- I thought there was one. At so least they used the word watcher. I just searched really quick through it. So new prediction about watchers. So... Uh, the Watcher Council will apologize. A wa- it's like a the Watcher that shows up. If the Watcher that shows up apologizes, like, oh, we're so sorry about the thing with Gwendolyn, that's an apology from the Watcher Council. Okay. Like, there, it, it, a new Watcher is to me an official representative of the Watcher Council. Okay, so they're going to come and apologize. Okay, but there will be, there's a prediction that there will be a new Watcher. So two two separate predictions. One okay. is there will be an apology from the Watcher, a wa- new Watcher or the Watcher Council about Gwendolyn. Okay. They're going to address that. Okay. Another prediction. There will be a new watcher for Faith this season. Third prediction. The new watcher will be British. Okay. 
What do you base that on? Because Gwendolyn had a British accent. Okay. It's clearly all these watchers are British. Okay. They clearly have disdain for American, the Americanization of watching. And then another watcher prediction related to some things that were said earlier. The watcher council is concerned with bigger shit than Buffy the vampire slayer. Mm. And I, I don't know what the bigger shit is. End of the world shit, but it's like bigger shit. Giles and his, his slayer thing, not a big deal for them. It is a big deal, but it's not the biggest deal. Sorry. Mm. Phrasing is the watcher council is concerned with bigger shit than Buffy and Giles. Okay, so I'm going to read these out to you, and you approve or deny my language, Mike, because I want to make Thank sure that you're on board, okay? All right. Okay, so the Watcher Council will apologize in Season 3 for not warning about Gwendolyn. Yes. A new Watcher will appear for Faith in Season 3. Yes. The new Watcher will be British. Yes. The Watcher Council is concerned with bigger shit than <laughs> Buffy and Giles. Yes. <laughs> Okay. All right, cool. And I have, I have another one here that's not related to the okay. Watcher Council. Um, more, there will be more angel magic, and it will make you lull. Uh, <laughs> okay. Angel doing Chrissy. magic. Oh, yeah, not Chris Angel. <laughs> My brother loves Chris Angel. He's obsessed with him. Like, really that's, thinks he's like a wizard. That's amazing. Uh, angel will perform magic spells again. That's how I'm phrasing that one. Is that... Is that right? Yes. There'll What's be wrong more with magic. Just angel magic? Well, those are some good predictions, Mike. Um, feel pretty good about those. Yeah, I feel good about those. These all seem legit. I mean, I'm not going to say another rule of Buffy is uh, there will be strange sexual euphemisms thrown around. <laughs> <laughs> and what, you got to drink when you hear the strange sexual euphemism. <laughs> If there's a sexual euphemism that makes you go, Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, those are my predictions. Well, again, Mike, you are now at a 68.5. Uh, let's see. We've, uh, you've made 140 predictions so far. And of those 140, 86 of them are open. So we have more open predictions than confirmed or denied. They're going to be open until season seven. The end of <laughs> yeah, the most of them it will be until the end. Although, you know, I've been considering lately that once we get there, we're just going to have to read all the comic books. I mean, we're going to have to do some kind of a, a podcast about the comics and then we'll eight and nine and whatever. Yeah, Apparently they're up to season like 35 or whatever. If, if we do that, we should do it as Buffy Virgin specials and we should do like <laughs> the entire season at once and not like... No, no, definitely not issue by issue because the way those comics work is that like one issue gives you like a quarter of the story of a of a Buffy episode. If yeah. that oh, really okay, yeah, they're they're pretty brief. Yeah, they're into the long form storytelling. So I have to throw to in I have funny. to throw in a really crappy revelation since that's the name of the episode. Okay, watching <laughs> this episode now having read. All of the Percy Jackson books. <laughs> oh. Rick Riordan, or however you say his name, totally rewrote Buffy. Like, it's the same story. Is it's it? It's the exact same story. The Watcher Council. All the satyrs. I don't know if you guys. Just signal for me when it's okay to come back. Percy Jackson stuff. 
I'm not giving away uh, anything. Oh, you're no, not no, yeah, no, there's no, there's no, no spoilers no, no, no. here. Yeah. No, okay. it's I, uh, completely uh, relevant to this episode. There's a watcher council. All right. They're know, all yeah. Do you know what I'm talking about? I haven't seen I, I know a nine-year-old who's reading the Percy Jackson books, and he just wrote a short story that I got to read, and it involved um, a werewolf with psychic abilities. So he was touching a vampire's <laughs> head to gain his knowledge, and I was like, this is dope. Like, like they go around killing monsters that's all they do it's a bunch of teenagers who are slayers essentially they go around killing monsters and going on quests and stuff monsters and, monsters and vampires and demons and i mean they it's buffy it's so buffy i just today like he rewrote buffy well he chose great source material so yeah except he based it all on greek mythology so that's my thing the end well, I'm sure we'll all be rewriting Buffy at the end of this because, like, it infects your brain to talk about it for this length of time. I think, as we talked about last episode, like, talking about Buffy once a week for a year, like, I, Buffy is a part of my life now in just an in, just an intangible and tangible way. Are you happy about this? Yeah. Are you enjoying it? Are you enjoying it? I love hanging out with my friends in this <laughs> this way, and it's lovely. I mean, it's great to move past this thing. So. I just talked to my sister last night, but when I talked to my sister, I talked to her like once a month, every couple months or whatever. And it's just like, we catch up, you know, just like when I met up with you, like we caught up. Right. And like, it's so much more comfortable when you're in a situation where you're not catching up all the time and you can just be yes. yourself in the present and it's fucking wonderful. And it's so hard to get there. And so you just have to meet regularly with people get, talk about that that, because we, we all say we love each other and we do love each other, but like love is more than just I love you. It's it's really an addiction. <laughs> an addiction. <laughs> True love is the attention of your time. And like mm-hmm. if you can give something the true attention of your time, then that's that's true love. And like you can move and be present with someone in a way that you can't be if you're always catching up. That's my speech. Wow, Mike, that's uh, that is deep that is, stuff. It goes that is really deep. Calm. Thank you. This fits right into themes of deep stuff. Cool. I'm glad I got it here. Time for kill count. All right. Uh, we have um, one human murdered by Buffy. I'm calling it uh, two vampires and one demon. Um, so all uh, one kill this episode is by Faith and the rest are by Buffy. Uh, or Lightning. Uh, but I say Buffy. Uh, that's the kill count. Uh, you guys want to go to recommendations? Please. Uh, I recommend um, Kronos and Tetsuo, Tetsuo the Iron Man. Um, based, both of those recommendations are just based entirely on how the glove clanks onto her. <laughs> <laughs> just, like, the feelings that made me feel, and it, um, similar feelings happen in like the, both those movies have like organic to metal clamping. Um, Kronos is a Guillermo del Toro movie uh, about a guy becoming a vampire. Because it's of, like, his first movie, right? Uh, yeah, it might be. Yeah. yeah. It's really good. It's got Ron Perlman's really funny in it. Um, uh, uh, but the, the mechanics, like it clamps onto a guy similarly. Um, and then Tetsuo, the Iron Man is this Japanese movie where a guy's becoming an Iron Man and it's like really gross and it's got claymation and it's or stop motion and it's really cool. Um, you've seen it, right, John? I actually never have. Um, uh, a mutual friend of ours who you can probably guess uh, told me a story about watching it on nitrous oxide. 
and how great that, yeah, you, you can guess who that was uh about how great that was and i'm not about to do nitrous oxide but i've also i've been afraid to watch this movie for years that i want to appreciate it until like i do a ton of nitrous oxide but i'm also like i'm not a drug guy so like i've had this pro- thing with this movie now for like 10 years or whatever 15 years but like i don't want to watch it without nitrous oxide but i don't want to watch it with nitrous oxide so i've never i've never i still have never seen this movie I've seen it not on nitrous and I've enjoyed it. Uh. <laughs> Maybe I should just watch it and, and uh, not make a thing out of it. But uh, the way he described it, and, and again, knowing the person that we're talking about, he's really good at describing experiences that you want to have, you know, Oh, it's so great. You know, like, okay. It sounds great. I really want to do that, but I also don't want to do that. <laughs> um, that's awesome. Uh, so those were my two recs, but I think we recommended two other movies during our talk. Yeah, Marathon Man came up. Uh, anything? Marathon Man. And the third man? And another man movie? Oh, and Ghostbusters. Well, I was thinking Ghostbusters, um, which I don't think we've ever recommended Ghostbusters on this show before. And I mean the original, uh, like the old one, not the new one, because no- I don't know. I've never seen a new one. New one's all right. I, I mean, I'm a lady, and I don't know that I want to watch Lady Ghostbusters, so there's that, but... Because aren't they all I, women in the new one? Yeah, 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 that's the premise. I, it's okay. I, I didn't. I neither loved nor hated it. Um, I thought that uh, what's her name who plays the Egon character? What's her name from Saturday Night Live? Kay McKinnon. Yeah, Kay she McKinnon. was really good. I would watch her so by herself. Yeah. Uh, yeah. She just do that character a lot. Spinoff where she licks weapons and like. <laughs> <laughs> some, the, some remakes have been good, but I feel like the rash of remakes is. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, I think yeah, I think it has remake problems as a remake, but I'm yeah. okay with that movie. Also, I don't feel in any way precious about Ghostbusters the way people do. Yeah. Like, I don't love yeah. Ghostbusters the way people love Ghostbusters. Like, it's fine. Um, I actually don't think it's all that funny. <laughs> Whatever that's so worth. We, uh, John and I used to have a friend who was really into Ghostbusters and w- wanted to make, like, serious Ghostbusters movies. Like, wasn't into the humor. Oh, yeah. Uh, what was that guy's name? I don't remember that guy's name. I don't remember that guy's name. It was a weird, uh, he was a weird guy. He was a weird guy. I don't know. <laughs> and he had like a whole. He had an outfit and like. Uh, he was really into this idea of like regional Ghostbusters and like. Yeah. In a dramatic way and stuff. He didn't have a yeah. great sense of humor. You no, he didn't. Um, I don't know if Mike remembers or saw, but there was a Halloween at OU, that like an engineering school built a Stay Puft Marshmallow Man that was as tall as the buildings on Court Street and marched it down Court Street and they all ran around the bottom dressed as the Ghostbusters. It was amazing. No, I never saw that. That is amazing though. Uh, Yeah, regional Ghostbusters sounds like the Avengers but for Ghostbusters sounds great. Sounds like it could be as humorless or as humorful as Justice League and the Avengers, right? (laughs) I feel like the TV show, that real Ghostbusters cartoon show, really covered a ton of ground related to this, <laughs> which was yeah. also not that funny all the time and occasionally uh, I have sad a and dramatic. Story about that about that cartoon. Oh, um, my friend uh, who's been on this podcast, Steve Bissett, um, uh, was approached once about doing designs for, for the monsters on that show, um, but the guy who ended up getting the job, like the job, was specifically to be monster designing. Um, and spe- instead, ex- ended up spending like a year of his life 
trying to uh, wrapped up in this thing of trying to read redraw. Um, what's the African American's character's name? Weimer. Winston. 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 Being trapped. Weimer. How are you talking about monsters? Trying to redraw Winston's lips to make oh. them less racist. It was just oh. a year. Oh. I thought we were talking about drawing monsters, so I went with Slimer. Mm. <laughs> no, it was just like he got. He was supposed to be hired to draw monsters, but ended up. See. Like, okay. Well, it sounds like it's a good thing Bissette missed out on that opportunity, um, yeah. whichever it was going to be, to make less racist uh, lips or less stereotypical lips. Uh, yeah, I, I have a random recommendation. I just saw Witches of Eastwick last night, and that was not a Buffy thing, but that is a really weird fucking movie and lovely. And it uh. fails the Bechdel test completely, but it's still <laughs> fun, and I don't know how. It's just so All insane. Right. It's George Miller, director of Mad Max with uh, Susan Sarandon, oh, Michelle Pfeiffer and Cher and then Jack Nicholson plays the devil and it's weird. Yeah, I've seen it. I don't remember mm-hmm. it that well. I I've didn't it. realize there was a George Miller movie. That is weird. Yeah, I didn't. I, I watched it knowing that and it didn't make sense. So <laughs> he, has, he's a, he, also, he also directed like um, those Happy Feet movies, right? Oh, really? Yes. Dancing Penguin so. movies? Yeah. Mm-hmm. interesting yeah and babe pig in the city so like he does some weird some weird stuff oh babe yeah. pig in the city is supposed to be really good i haven't seen it but when i was working at pittsburgh filmmakers there was a guy there who was like a really intense avant-garde filmmaker and he was really into film and like shooting on on film and making these eight millimeter experimental shorts and had like and he was really intense avant-garde filmmaker and his favorite movie of all time was babe pig in the city and I've been meaning to see it for years because of that, but I haven't gotten around to watching it. It's supposed to be really good. I, like, I've read reviews of it that all say it's really good, and it's really interesting and strange, and uh, I have not actually watched it. Well, we can totally do a separate podcast on that, because I would watch that. I haven't seen any of the Babe movies. Um, Can't watch movies with I, animals. I assume <laughs> that the first one is just basically Charlotte's Web, right? That's- no, it's good. No, Babe is good. Like, it's, it's good. I, I don't know if it's... They're not related, I don't think. I think they're they are different. My understanding is that the tone of them is very different, but um, that babe, babe is, I mean, Babe's a good movie. It's about a pig. Pig talks. Pig has feelings, and and, and the feelings are good. They get worse. But uh, Babe, Pig in the City is like I think it's weirder. Like there's all kinds of fantasy elements to it and stuff. Fantasy like, elements to this talking pig movie. I don't know. I mean, but like, like Babe goes to like a magical land, and there's like, there's like weird like Wizard of Oz references and stuff in it. From what I understand, I get. I haven't seen it. Talking about shit, I haven't seen. So I don't know. Cool. Yep. That's enough asides, probably. Um, <laughs> so, thank you once again for watching Buffy Virgin or listening. If you like the podcast version, we are on Twitter, Buffy Virgin Pod, Instagram, Buffy Virgin. You can see my predictions at buffyvirgin.com slash predictions. You can get the podcast on iTunes. We're also on Facebook, Buffy Virgin, where we post links to things. And of course, uh, where, where you can get these amazing comics that Dennis does, uh, dennyscomics.com. Yep, so dennyscomics.com. D-E-N-I-S-C-O-M-I-X. Uh, and you can also join my Patreon if you want. Uh, I'm a Patreon. Um, or just follow me on everything. <laughs> and uh stacy uh you you are writing comedy stuff now uh and where can people see your work randomly um i'm on twitter 
Okay, on Twitter. And I'm I had I had something in Belladonna. Cool. All right, we'll make sure to add a link to that in the podcast notes. All right, thank you guys so much. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. <laughs>